Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and we are Stranger Than. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We are a podcast discussing unsolved mysteries, weird occurrences, misunderstood phenomena, and creepy happenings. If this is not your first time listening, then welcome back. Basically the same old shit. <laughs> Basically the same old shit, that's right. As always, the Stranger Than podcast logo art is brought to you by Cthulhu Art. The link is in the show notes. A lot of the shit that we talk about is kind of bullshit, you know, or can be construed as bullshit, it's fanciful, or can be debated that it exists. Or doesn't. Or, in some cases, does not exist. Or exists in a way that isn't what the myth says in the case of, like, you know, vampires, how there are people who say they're vampires, but, I mean, they're not, like, the sun's not going to burn them and garlic is just fine. This is not one of those. This is all shit that actually happened. Well, I've got some shit that's highly debatable, but... The basics of this mm -hmm. is shit that is that actually happened. There is going to be some actual happenings yes. going on. Yes. And today's episode is on Project MK Ultra. I read in some sources that it was, as you would think, like mind control, but then, you know... How does control start with a K? And it was some, it was mind control, but K-R-O-N-T-R-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. Like a, some like German-looking word. Exactly. Like kind of as, yeah. as, a, as a nod to the Nazis, since a lot of the techniques we're going to get into are... Nazi. Right. Based. Based, and, yeah, yeah. Or they really kind of were the first ones to collectively and assertively try and use these techniques. Well, MKUltra is what the CIA mind control program was called. This program was officially sanctioned in 1953 and was officially discontinued in 1973, though many believe it, that it continued and continues today in secret. Right, and that's kind of the part that I'll get into after you get through all the details that you have. Yes. On, like every single project. Not every single project, actually. <laughs> if I did every single project, we'd be here for days. Well, yeah, but there, there's quite a few. Yes, there's 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 there's, there's a handful. To touch, there's a touch handful. A Even when running as a legitimate government program, those involved in the experimentation didn't necessarily follow the law. This program didn't even see the light of day until 1975, when there was a congressional investigation into the CIA doing illegal shit with irregularity. MK Ultra is. Basically the kind of shit that happened to Eleven in Stranger Things. Yes, although one would want to point out that um, the te it's more about like the technique used and not the actual result. Because, exactly, yes. Uh, the CIA was not doing this in order to create people that... Like psychic. Like psychic people capable of like telekinesis and all that stuff. I mean, I'm sure they would have wanted to. That was a different project, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I know that they like the men who stare at goats thing. Right, but I mean, as far as factual proof, I don't think there's anything that substantiates them being able to create an 11, so to speak. Oh, no, no. Remote like the, viewing, the technique, yes. Yes, they used the technique, but the technique in itself was used for a different purpose. Yes, and that was my Or control. had a different result. Yes. So it's not just a catchy name, MKUltra. It actually means something. I kind of guessed that the K was like, like we mentioned earlier, control, like just a fancy K thing. You've got it 
written down the the fancy like German way or like pseudo German way of spelling control. It's supposedly the abbreviation for the part of CIA that sponsors the project. All kinds of different letters, I guess, are used depending upon what project it is. And this one, it's the technical service staff. These guys were the Q, like in James Bond, making all kind of fancy, funky spy gadgets. They also really liked to fuck around with drugs, hallucinogens, uh, hypnosis, and ultra meant that it was the highest level of classification. So not even necessarily the president would be given information as to what was going on here. In the early 1900s and up through the Second World War, world powers were pretty interested in developing a truth serum for, you know, pretty obvious reasons. It'd be oh, nice yeah, to be able to interrogate someone and get the truth from them. <laughs> Human As, beings can be really good liars. And, oh, yeah. 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 That's and frustrating it's, when it's, you're trying to get yeah. truthful information and you don't, you don't feel like it's actually forthcoming. Exactly. Like with my kids and it's like, who made this mess? And it's like, no one. And it would be nice if you could just like squirt them mm-hmm. with a truth serum and they'd be like, you know, right. so-and-so did it. It was me. Wow. Yeah. I never hear that. You know, was that so hard? <laughs> Espionage was serious business, and they wanted a reliable way to extract information from enemy spies. In 1916, an anesthesia that had been used since 1900, scopolamine, was noticed to have the effect of lowering the inhibitions of the person taking it and causing them to talk less guarded than normal. Scientists began testing sodium pentothal as a truth serum in the early 1930s. It was eventually found, through lots of testing, that drugs like scopolamine, mescaline, and marijuana were basically as much of a truth serum as alcohol. Marijuana. Yep. Dun, dun, <laughs> like dun. The pronunciation on that. Marijuana. Well, yeah, I mean, al- alcohol, especially for me, is like a truth serum. Well, maybe it... Not always in a good way. Like, I get a few drinks in me, and I start just being, like, brutally honest. Like, you know what? You're a fucking piece of shit, and this was why your life sucks. So <laughs> stop fucking talking to me about it right now. Well, what they found is that it would make the person talk more, but not necessarily truthfully. Right. Especially if it's like alcohol, because, I mean, sometimes you're just fucking making shit up. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know what you are, man? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I can't think of something like offhand, but usually it'll be something really ridiculous. Agreed. People act just ridiculous when they're drunk. They certainly can. (laughs) (laughs) The British, during the war, started Project Saccharin, which was an investigation into chemically enhancing troops, like using, like, amphetamines to increase alertness. Saccharin. Is that, that's like the shit in the artificial sweetener that <laughs> I know. got, like, banned. Yeah, but that's just the project name. Well, I know, but that's just, that, that's an interesting yeah. pick, I guess. Yeah. Interesting correlation there. Maybe they used saccharin first to try and enhance their troops. I don't know. And then they're like, oh, no, but... No, this is very sweet. It, it, it does... <laughs> <laughs> it does give a nice sweet flavor, which I think could be a replacement for sugar. Tastes great in my tea. Mm-hmm. Doesn't extract the truth, though. No. Unfortunately. And I guess maybe causes cancer. So <laughs> Yeah, <that>. yeah. <laughs> Nazis were looking into mescaline as a truth serum, and were testing it on prisoners in death camps. Mescaline. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and in a death camp getting dosed with mescaline, how fucked up would that be? I don't know. Maybe that would be kind of... Um, I think I feel like that could go either way. I feel like the potential of having a bad trip is pretty Probably extreme. Probably pretty escalated, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe it would be nice to just be like 
totally whacked out and disassociated from everything at that point. Yeah, and I guess the the amounts that they were giving these people weren't just like a couple of hits, like recreational hits, but like a fucking shit ton. Mm-hmm. It's like here, it trip for days, man. Yeah, might be a nice vacation. Yeah. By 1945, it's widely accepted that there is no truth serum. The chemicals they have been using may make the subject talkative and compliant, but it still, I mean, it's not making them necessarily truthful. Uh, The war ends and the Nuremberg trials start. It comes to light all the fucked up medical experiments Nazis were doing to people, and this leads to the creation of the Nuremberg, Nuremberg Code. Right. Now you're going to you're going to read that code for us word for word. I'm going right? to read the code for you. Required is the voluntary, well-informed and understanding consent of the human subject in a full legal capacity. The experiment needs to be positive for society. It's got to be based on previous knowledge, so it can't just be some bullshit that they're coming some fanciful bullshit they come up with. Uh it needs to be set up in a way that it avoids unnecessarily pain, both physical and mental. It needs to be conducted in a way where it can't be super dangerous. Like it can't. It needs to be like safety precautions. Yeah, it can't. It can't. You can't have the risk of death in extreme danger or like disabling injury. They can't. It can't Mm -hmm. destroy them like that. (laughs) Something where it's going to end up like blinding you or paralyzing you. Exactly. Which, of course, the Nazis did not give a shit about. God, they just did so many awful things. Joseph Mengele is just like. God, what a fucking horrible piece of shit. Yeah, definitely. Right, the risks to the... You can't... You can't cure a broken bone by cutting off the limb is sort of what it is. Also, as far as the health risk that you put the subject under. Yeah. Like, it's got to be It's got to be worth it, whatever low-level risk you might be putting them... In by the experimentation. Yeah, yeah. because, I mean, it's an experiment. There is is some risk involved. The facilities need to be provided, need to be adequate for what's going on. You can't just do this shit in, like, a garage. I think of the last one, actually, as, like, if you're trying a new medication, it might have some substantial side effects that are unknown to you. You can't do it knowing that it's going to make them go blind. Yeah. But... There's the potential, but this is a medication to try and cure cancer. So obviously, that's like a benefit. That's that's, 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 that's worth, worth the risk. That's worth some risk to whatever your therapy you're trying out. So as yeah. opposed to like a, uh, it will cure cold sores, but it mm-hmm. can make you go blind. It's right. Like that's doesn't matter like that that's much. That's not cool. Like, uh, but yeah, the facilities need to be adequate. To protect the subjects against the experiment's risks, so you got to have all the fancy doctory stuff in there to make sure that they'll, are they're as safe as possible. Uh, the staff needs to be completely trained and qualified, so you can't just go picking up homeless people off the street <laughs> or you know people with homes off the street. No picking people up off the street. Right. They have to have like actual qualifications that are checked and everything like that the human subjects are must have the freedom to immediately quit the experiment at any point and the medical staff need to be able to stop the experiment at any point if they feel it's going to be too dangerous we call that stop the line in the medical industry it's kind of like the toyota oh yeah production system if they see any defect they stop the line the assembly line oh yeah yeah it's the same it's the same in the medical field exactly and but this you know at the the, these last two, I mean, the subject is allowed allowed to leave and the staff is allowed to stop the experiment. Those two are kind of big. 
Yeah, and why are we going over this? Because basically the CIA did not follow a lot of these rules. No. That were... Not at all, really. And a lot of other place. people did not, didn't, too. I mean, it was kind of the whole espionage... Oh, yeah. I mean, like, people play fast and loose with rules quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Definitely more so in, in these scenarios than others, but... Look at that, the rule of it has to be for the greater good. It has to benefit society. I mean, yeah. think about how some fucking fuck shit can, like, interpret that one. Oh, very open to interpretation. Mm -hmm. Very open to very, interpretation. Yeah, what is yeah. good for our society and, yeah, what's going to benefit our society. Like, the Nazis thinking that, like, having no Jews was going to benefit. Avoiding unnecessary physical and mental suffering. That is also un kind of open to interpretation. Like, what exactly is unnecessary? Especially if you're someone who doesn't even view other people as, like, people. Exactly. After the war, the Office of Strategic Services is shut down, and a new non-wartime agency is put together. This is founded in January of 1946 and is called the Central Intelligence Group. The following year, it's changed to the Central Intelligence Agency under the National Security Act, which also ensured that the Air Force remained its own branch of the military, among other things. Project Chatter was a U.S. Navy program looking into truth extraction that began in the fall of 1947. See, now that's a good name, Project Chatter. There's a lot of these have some pretty good <laughs> names. A lot of these have some pretty good names. A lot of these have some bad names. Mm-hmm. I like who's the name guy. I don't know. I want that job though. That'd be a <laughs> yeah. good job. This program began in the fall of 1947 and lasted until shortly after the Korean War ended in 1953. They mainly used LSD, mescaline, scopolamine, and anabasine. Truth extraction. It's a very clinical way to describe interrogation. Project Chatter was a sort of chemical torture. They drug the shit out of you to get information. This program grew out of some experiments done with mescaline carried out at the Dachau death camp. The experiments done here, of course, were performed by Nazis, but some of the information piqued the interest of the Navy. In 1949, the CIA created the Office of Scientific Intelligence. The first director of the department was a man called Dr. Willard Mackel. He went to Germany and set up a program to interrogate captured Soviets. The CIA was certain that Russia already had mind control nailed down, so they wanted to see how American operatives would hold up if captured. You know, it's amazing how much we constantly compared ourselves with Russia from, like, this point until maybe, like, the end of the Cold War. And it oh, was yeah. just, like, so important that Russia did not know more than we knew. And, and that could not we do knew yeah. what they were doing. <laughs> exactly. At all times. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a Cold War. And that they were not capable of doing anything better than us. And, no. Mm-hmm. Mackle was also quite interested in the ability to implant a command into a person and have them carry it out unknowingly. Ever heard the term Manchurian Candidate? This is the title of a 1959 book written by Richard Condon, and it spawned a couple movies, a 1916 adaptation and a remake in 2004. I actually didn't know about the original in 1962. Neither did I. It had Frank Sinatra. Oh, wow. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And then the remake was the one with Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. Basic premise of the story is that an American gets brainwashed into killing the president without knowing his intentions. Research into this was called Operation Bluebird and was approved on April 20th, 1950. 
Operation Bluebird was the CIA intentionally forcing a person to have multiple personalities is basically what was going on here. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the the thing that people think is still maybe going on today to yes. some degree or to a large degree, depending on who you are. Yes, and who you talk to. Who <laughs> yeah. you talk to. So even after all of this official documented stuff ends, this is the aspect that people uh, still think is going on today. And we'll get into that a little bit later. They covered up the brainwashing they did by creating an amnesia wall. The Mm -hmm. victim would simply not remember anything done in the time surrounding the brainwashing or the brainwashing itself. Which is something that we naturally do anyways. And so this was, this is kind of like learning to actually trigger that force that. Yeah. Yeah. So they'd be all sly, you know, they'd get you alone. Like maybe you'd go out to go get a drink or you'd just be walking to the store, something they'd get you alone and then bam, drug the fucking shit out of you and uh, get to work. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'd uh, you know leave for work late. They'd jump you in the parking garage, take your car, no one know you were gone. It was a Friday. You show back up Monday, feel like you had a hell of a bender. Maybe some vague memories of drinking in the bar all night or all weekend or whatever. But uh, you'd actually been kidnapped, drugged, and tortured, and had your personality splintered. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the shards of your personality is then used, is then altered, and using ne- all kinds of fucked up techniques. Now, do you think, I mean, does this happen to have, does this happen over time? You just get kidnapped like a bunch as they slowly develop your shattered personality, your alter. Some people. And then you have it, whatever they want carried out, or is this like a one-time thing? Because I feel like when we're talking, when we're getting into this area, we're getting kind of into this, like kind of generalized uh, theme where this is happening all over the place. I think it depends on what it is you're trying to get someone to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel I mean, like the the more complicated of an act it is, the longer you need with the person. Yeah. But to do something simple, you know, like like pull a gun on someone, maybe, or you know, shoot someone, it might be it might be something that you could do a little bit more simply. Because how much do they actually have like on paper documented about doing this? How many like people, and what would they have them do? Oh uh, well, we don't have all of the documents because a lot of the documents were destroyed uh we'll get into that we'll get into all of that as, yeah as i'm, I'm the just saying progresses. like a lot i yeah. mean we do have there is a, a goodly amount of documentation uh, on a, a lot of the tests not all of them but a lot i just don't want to kind of like perpetuate this idea though all <laughs> that this is kind of like happening all over the place and well it wasn't in the grand scale it wasn't happening and all that over they the place necessarily had the ability to do this we're just they're just gonna like randomly kidnap some person and create this like shatter of themselves this alternate identity and then put them to work doing something a lot of i think a lot of the things that are actually documented that the cia did involved a small number of people over doing the same things to them over a large amount of time they didn't just randomly kidnap somebody and were able to do it like all in one shot maybe not at first but i mean some of the people like well we'll get into it later right we'll get into it later yeah so this shard of the personality can be programmed to carry out whatever the creator wishes, more or less. Uh, it can be used... St- in theory, okay. 
obviously in theory. <laughs> I mean, a lot of this we do have a lot of this is in, 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 in actual documentation. Well, yeah, no, and I'm a sorry. lot of a lot of firsthand accounts are mm-hmm. actually out there. People who no. have or believe they've been like subjects of MK Ultra. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. There's a lot of people so, out I mean, there who think they've been subjected. And to there MK is Ultra. a lot that's actually on paper. But I mean, I'm just saying enough... on paper. There, I mean, it just kind of this this subject tends to get so fantastical sometimes but enough of it was proven to be true that the congress of the united states of america really really looked into this oh, and that well, we yeah. had a lot of things that came out well, in like you said, the they're, media you're and not, everything they're not following you know no they're, it's 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 a terrible they're torturing they're not, the shit out yeah. of people exactly but i think sometimes it just has a tendency to get carried away as to what they actually were able to accomplish right and and so that's been noted and so we can we yeah. can we all we all are now aware of that and so we can <laughs> move on reality from there. check has been yeah. so so we we <laughs> can move on from there and, and carry on just... what may have pushed all of this them wanting to uh work with this is the trial of cardinal joseph Meinzenski. this guy was a leader of the catholic church in hungary and was publicly against both fascism and communism not a great thing to be in that area at that time. Right. In 1948, he was arrested by the socialist government on charges of conspiracy, treason, and a variety of other bullshit. Right, when mostly it was probably just him saying, I don't like this, this is bad. Exactly. And they're like, we don't like you saying that. He had a public trial where he admitted to all the charges. The rest of the world thought that he had been coerced into this. Some sources say that the CIA had no idea how they had gotten him to admit to all the charges, while other sources say that he had been visibly tortured. <laughs> My money is going to be on torture. Oh, either way. I mean, whether it was visibly tortured or not visibly tortured, I'm, it's torture regardless. Mm-hmm. I'm more apt to believe somebody's going to like get up and publicly be like, oh, yeah, no, I totally did this when they actually have a cognizant fear yeah something happening again or that's going to happen rather than like oh hey we just did some mind control shit on you and that's why you're saying it now but it could be that as well i mean who's to say torturing someone and making them say something against their will isn't mind control well it is to an extent i mean it's definitely you you controlled them into doing that i mean that's definitely a form of mind control yeah and i mean that's not not clandestine kind mind control but it's definitely mind control we are subjected to mind control like all the time in one way or another like advertising all that kind of stuff so yeah that is an instance if you torture somebody into saying something it's mind control so to speak but it's they're aware of the mind control. They're doing it because they don't want to get fucking get tortured, not because there's some alternate personality who has no, you know, knowledge of the the incident or why they're doing it, and some other personality is completely taken over that just thinks this um, information is true and is saying it. There's a little bit of a difference there. It's all mind control, but there's mind control that you know about and mind control that you allegedly don't know about well there is conflict in the sources regardless of whether he was showing visible signs of torture or not right and i mean i think the the point of these experiments was to to have it be the latter the mind control that you don't know you're doing the clandestine yeah that's Mm -hmm. because they were because the whole point is to be able to get someone who doesn't know it to go like like Mm -hmm. someone who maybe is even friends with the target to go and and 
kill them or do or get information for them or pass or pass information from them or something yeah and then have no knowledge of where it came from that way they gave it to them because then they can't be like tortured and be like no okay fine the cia made me do it yeah because they have no idea Mm -hmm, exactly well mackle was not really one to play with others very well and mackle's the first director of the cia he was the first director of the Department Office of Scientific Intelligence. Oh, okay. So not the CIA, but the... No, but that particular but office. that branch of it. Okay. Yeah. Well, he didn't really like waiting for information from the operatives to roll down the chain of demand till it got to him. He wouldn't just bitch about it. He wouldn't just complain to his wife. Nope, not him. He found out where these operatives were, and he'd use CIA resources to fly all over Europe to talk to these people himself and then get rid of the evidence, which was not really what you're supposed to do. And how would he get rid of the evidence? Oh, he would just like get, I don't know. He would get rid of the evidence of him using the CIA funds to fly to different places. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like the people he talked to. <laughs> no, no, no. Just the evidence of him using the, 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 the like to fly all over Europe. Probably oh, pretty okay. easy to do in the 40s like he's and flying 50s. all over Europe and just talking to people and then fucking putting two in the head right after. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. That would, all right, I'm sure next. they would, uh, <laughs> catch on to him pretty quick i mean they did catch on to him pretty quick uh i guess either way he wasn't good at covering his tracks is that what you're trying to say yeah well he was found out and fired in 1950 Uh, he died in 1976 and his obituary in the new york times did not mention a thing about his work at the cia not much of a shocker right i was gonna say wow crazy Uh, 1950 (laughs) was a hell of a year so you know that guy that got fired mackle got fired Project Bluebird started, and they also experimented with MDA and MDMA, ecstasy. Mm. They looked into some of the Nazi mind control experiments carried out at the first death camp at Dachau, but decided that they were too inhumane to be of any use. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. God, I can't even imagine, like, here, let's read through some of this stuff that they did, and it's like, oh, you know what? Actually, no. Yeah, let's not fuck with this, because wow. Because mm-hmm. Jesus fucking Christ. Awful. A successful operation carried out under Project Project Bluebird experimented with a variety of interrogation techniques. These techniques included using extreme temperatures, the drug mixture of benzedrine, which is an amphetamine, and sodium amytal, which is a sedative, uh, like hypnotic barbiturate derivative, and picrotoxin, which counteracts barbiturate poisoning. Because, you know, you're not supposed to mix uppers and downers, technically. No, no. Benzedrine and then uh, barbiturate. That's that's bad news, especially if you're doing it in high doses. And that's what that they were doing. people. So I guess you need the, the kind of the, the, the backup there. Like, oh, shit, they're starting to OD. Yeah, you don't want them to die because mm. you need to get information. Well, not until after you get the information Right, right. I mean, this is just interrogation. This isn't yeah. mind control yet. This is simply like getting information from somebody so far. So far, and you don't want them dying on you. No. In 1951, Project Bluebird underwent a name change to Project Artichoke. (laughs) I know. Like, why? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, A notable conclusion to some research conducted was that electroshock treatment was effective in creating amnesia in subjects. The downside they found was that that it was extremely painful, and sometimes the, well, the victim got their brain irreparably damaged think jack nicholson at the end of one flew over the cuckoo's nest well yeah i mean that's probably why they think it's effective for people that are psychologically disturbed is because it just kills parts of your brain so 
Yeah. The less your brain's functioning, the more... The less crazy you're going to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Under this new name, the CIA shared the operation with the military, Air Force, Navy, and Army. Project Artichoke documents show that the CIA was actually using couriers who were under hypnosis and that they were quite effective. There is a document dated January 7, 1953 that describes this. The subject in this were two 19-year-old girls. I don't want to know what the hell these two girls were put through in order to have their personalities split. I'm sure it was not as much fun as they make it out to be. Uh, The document states that using nearly imperceptible gestures, words, phone calls, or even things written down, they were able to induce the second personality to come out and the original to retreat. So basically they did some sort of torture with association to a certain signal yeah i mean to it, try and induce drugs the, the state so probably maybe physical torture probably rape uh all kinds of terrible fucked up horrible things and then through all this like you associate it your mind begins to associate it with what like a phone ringing and then that's, or that's like the trigger effect it could be example. a phone ringing uh probably something that could be more controlled so when you're walking down the street and a payphone rings you don't you know slip right. into this other personality it's probably something so that's why maybe it would try to be an imperceptible gesture they tried to make it as exactly small something as that possible. yep or like kind of like a safe word you know something weird mm-hmm. that wouldn't come up in normal conversation or you know, like, yeah, something written down, maybe a symbol written down. And so you just give a person a piece of paper, a scrap of paper with like a Triforce, you know, on it. And they look at it mm-hmm. and they slip into and, this other personality. And then it's just like, bam, alter ego initiated. Yep. Time to go kill the president. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, whatever. they In this particular case, they use these uh, women to as couriers. They would, you know, have them taking shit back and forth. Uh, They were triggered out to carry out their mission, and once the mission's complete, they'd switch back to their original personality and have no idea that anything happened. Now, here's the thing. Like, how are they programming them to be a courier? Like, are they specifically telling them when they're doing this to them, like, you're going to take this letter, like, or whatever signal, and you're going to take this object or this letter to this location, and then afterwards, you're not going to remember anything about it. Or whatever, yeah. I mean, that's kind of... They're being tortured and being told to do that. Like, I'm just saying, I would be willing to fake being mind controlled. Just, but to make can sure. you fake being mind controlled? Is faking? If they tell you if you're if they're torturing you and they're telling you that this is what you're going to do and this is like the signal that's going to be used for you to do it, then yeah, if I get that piece of paper with the little fucking symbol on it, it's like, oh, okay, time to go and do what they fucking told me to do. But you're not conscious of the torture. You're you have been sp- drugged to shit. You have no idea what's going on. It's something that's it very depends. easy to do. I mean, it's it very on it's the, the level of which you actually have been drugged. It's very easy to do. There was a, a serial killer that did it. I think it was the. Is it the bind? I can't remember which one. Guy? I, I, I was one of them. I can't remember, but he would release his victims and he would just have them so fucking drugged that they would have no idea what had happened. Well, BTK didn't release people. Okay, it wasn't him then. Them. It was it was somebody else. I can't remember. It was it was a, one of the episodes. It was a Color Me Dead episode I listened to. Okay. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but it was some it was, this was just a guy, just a regular old person, not the CIA. 
So if a regular old person can do that to other regular old people, then the CIA, who's got a huge um, uh, amount of money and, and very intelligent minds working on it, they can get they can get it done too. Yeah, possibly. I'm just saying. If you were conscious of it, definitely. If you're not conscious of it, then you have no idea that you, once you get this piece of paper. And that's the point. I mean, if you know that if you, if this trigger happens, then they're not doing their job because then when you get caught and you get interrogated, you're like, oh, I don't know. The CIA told me to do it. And that's Mm -hmm. not what they want. I mean, I understand you will do whatever. I mean, it's well known. Torture doesn't work because you will say whatever you can to not get tortured. I'm just saying like the method, I I wonder about the methodology involved and is it possible that if you're trying to to do this and associate a certain um, symbol or whatever trigger that you're going to use to to doing something that they t- they have to tell you to do it. Well, yeah, but so, I mean, not they would it would be not something you would consciously know. It'd be something that would be in your subconscious, right? Like when you get hypnotized, Supposedly. and yeah. they and well, they, yeah. they say I mean, hypnosis works, but you don't go yeah. around. I mean, people that hypnotize other people, it's it's limited to. To certain things i mean well we'll get into hypnosis a bit later as well there there is a whole but i i would argue that it's not easy to do uh depending upon the person i mean it depends upon the person and then i mean yeah i mean some people are like that happens a lot like you know guys fucking roofie chicks in bars yeah uh so that they can fuck them and then the you have like no memory of what happened you get you black out yeah yeah people black out on their own without being roofied <laughs> yes. because they don't know how to fucking control their alcohol intake or right. drug intake and they have no memory of what happened but there's and then, there's a difference between being able to to program somebody to do a specific thing while the blackout is occurring right. and just being like blacked out to where exactly. you don't remember exactly that happens all the time but if right. someone were to be skilled in these techniques when you were blacked out even on alcohol probably i they could probably get you to do something well, like later on, like if they, you know, MK Ultra do you? Maybe, maybe that's that's the part where it's it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's fucking chilling because if it's something that can actually be done, mm-hmm. and the documents show it's something that can be done, it's fucking chilling. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't think like that aspect of it would be as easy to pull off as people might think right i mean you and i couldn't do it Mm-mm. because you and i are not trained to cia Dude, if i people. could fucking like make people like if i could like control people's minds it'd be a very different world it'd be a very different world it'd be a dark dark world out there i totally can't have that kind of power no Mm-mm. another document tells a story of a cia employee being hypnotized and given a new identity she completely believed her new identity and when it was challenged she defended defended it with conviction Confronted with evidence of her true identity in the form of CIA badges and her driver's license, she rationalized it away. The lady was rehypnotized, and they wiped the, her memory of the original hypnosis. After she was brought out of the hypnosis, so now she's her original self, mm-hmm. she was asked if she had ever heard of the person with the name of her recent false identity. She said she had not, and that the name sounded fake. Those under this type of suggestion are not stuck with simple tasks. One document shows that subjects could be taught to arm a device after, under hypnosis, learning how to arm the device. She met a person whom she'd never met in a public restroom and taught her how to arm the device. Hmm. They were then to take the device and place it in a specific place in a specific room and have it set for a specific number of seconds. 
this is a bit more elegant than act like a chicken when I snap in hypnosis. Yeah, just a bit. Hypnosis was an old friend, however, an old comparatively benign friend to what mind control techniques involve into. Uh, during World War II, there are reports of a Captain Smith who was ordered to fly to Japan to pick up a mechanical report that was needed by Washington. That was it. Simply leave the next morning, grab this file or whatever, probably a file, and get on a flight home. This was the information he had, so this was the information he gave when he was asked why he was going to Japan. To his wife, friends, all that. It wasn't like a a top-secret thing. Well, unbeknownst to old Captain Smith, he had been undergoing months of training, of which he was doing quite well in. But this training was being wiped from his conscious memory. What they were doing to the captain was giving him a message to deliver to a specific person, and only that specific person in Tokyo. And when was this? This was during World War II. So this is before MKUltra. Yes. This is still, I believe, Project Artichoke. So Project Artichoke started before um, the CIA? I thought... Because the CIA wasn't formed until after World War II. Well, if you know this, why are you asking me? <laughs> I'm just saying, like... Was... It said it just said the 1940s. Okay. I'm, I'm just wondering who, who were the people that were doing this to him, supposedly. The... I... The government. <laughs> okay. I don't know why it matters. Well, it matters because I... I mean, know. basically the Navy and the CIA are all working together at this point anyway. MKUltra is still something that's... Or all of this shit, all this mind control stuff mm-hmm. at this point is still all a part of all of the militaries and the CIA. Or whatever the CIA is at this point. Mm-hmm. This was one that they did. I mean, it wasn't just a one and done thing. They All of the training he'd been going through for all of these months to mm-hmm. get him to do this. Months of like hypnosis and yeah no this is hypnosis this isn't this isn't drugs this is just hypnosis this is just hypnosis yep so he's and is he does he know that he's being hypnotized on a he does not basis? he does not he well, thinks this is he, he he has no idea he's being trained so they hypnotize him without him knowing or they do it with him knowing but then erase the fact that he knew he was being hypnotized because right hypnosis i feel like you have to kind of participate in it a little bit. I don't know enough about hypnosis and the techniques behind hypnosis to know if it can be done to you unwillingly or not. Do you? I feel like most of the time it has to be willingly because there's a certain technique you to it that just, you participate in. Do you just feel like it or do you know it? I mean, do you actually know the techniques behind hypnosis? I don't. So, I mean. I've just watched it okay. be done before and it's always required someone to kind of like know that they're going to be hypnotized. So close your eyes, clear your mind. Right, and then right. they're telling you all these things. And then when I count to 10, you're going to do this. And then you are in the hypnotic state and then you're under hypnosis. And they say, okay, now when I count to 10 again, you're going to be back awake. So, so I wonder, I wonder if that's just like, like stage hypnosis is done like that because it would be, it's friendlier to have someone else do it and not just like force them into the state. I don't know. Right. I'm just, I think, I'm not discounting hypnosis at all because I think that is legit, but um, I'm just saying, I think it's, it would be a lot harder to just impose hypnosis upon somebody against their will. Oh, sure. It would probably be harder if it's something that can be done. You have to be more like open to receiving. I I can, I can see that. I mean, I'm not necessarily arguing that So the idea that you can just go around and just forcibly hypnotize people into doing what you want is... 
but it is possible that it's possible. I mean, it's you, possible that it's possible, but I think that's one of the things that's a little bit inflated. Maybe, but I don't know because again, all of the pop culture around hypnosis is the stage hypnosis is just like, oh, here we go. You know, close your eyes, breathe deeply, think about whatever, and here we go. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a lot of examples out there of forced hypnosis. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and it could be that they said, all right, because he is a part of the military. So they could have just said, like, sit down, we're going to hypnotize you. And then just after during the hypnosis, erase the memory of the hypnosis. Regardless, he didn't know that there was this other part of the mission. Yeah, well, that's kind of like a dick move, I think, with the government. Same with that chick, you know, that they hypnotize her into thinking she's just like some other person and then comes back out and it's like, oh, no, that never happened. I would be, I don't know. Did no, the they government... have her permission to do that, I wonder? I don't know if they need it. There's or she's... it's just like, oh, that's Sally in accounting. Let's fucking try it on her. I believe you, I mean, I know in the military you become government property. Mm-hmm. And I imagine it's the same in When you're a working lot for of... the actual government. Too. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you're just government property. So they can pretty much do, maybe less so now, but back then, I mean, they could pretty much do what they wanted. Yeah, I bet Sally in accounting was someone that they wanted to do a lot. Or Edna, whatever her name is. <laughs> just a bunch of fucking like madmen running around smoking, just like, hey, what's up, Sally? Yeah, well. You want to step into our office for a moment? <laughs> Fuckers. Yeah, it gets, it, it gets worse. All right, so back to Captain Smith. What- so Captain Smith, he carried out his mission flawlessly. He met with the intended recipient, who said the signal phrase, which put Smith into a trance, where he then delivered the message. The recipient gave Smith a return message, woke him from his trance, gave him the cover file, and sent him on his way. All of this was done without the knowledge of anyone but the sender and the receiver. Pretty fucking slick. So the sender of the message and the receiver. Right, and I'm not sure. not Captain Smith, who is considered to be the courier? Exactly. Okay. This information was published in 1971 by Dr. George Estabrook's PhD. He was a psychiatrist and boasted that he could hypnotize someone into committing treason without them even knowing it. And he was the man who hypnotized Captain Smith. Mm. So according to Dr. Estabrook's, you can be hypnotized without you knowing it. Yes, imagine that. Somebody out there, like, inflating their powers and uh, making them out to be more than what they are. Just saying. It's possible, but... <laughs> I'm not saying it's not not possible, it is, but it, I think some of these guys have a real big fucking ego and like to... You're probably right. I would not be... More, I would be surprised if they did more of didn't. their abilities than maybe what actually... But, again, it's... I mean, we don't know for certain. I mean, it's all... We're just... We don't know for certain. Maybe that's possible. Maybe he could. I'm pretty sure he's dead, so it's not like we can find out. <laughs> and if we did find out, would we remember? Maybe not. Maybe he would just hypnotize it out of us. Or would he be telling the truth? We don't have any truth serum still. Yeah. Like, I haven't God found that it. yet. Just give him a bunch of acid and let's see what he has to say. <laughs> it's like, tell us about your work, really. Morris Morse Allen was basically the go-to guy when it came to Project Artichoke behavioral research. I, every time you say Project Artichoke, I just I just can't even with that. <laughs> Sorry? It won't be for yeah. much longer here. Yeah, can we get off stupid Project Artichoke already? Soon enough, Joanna, soon enough. <laughs> he was super interested in hypnosis for use in espionage, which led him to learn how to do it. He was given permission to experiment with hypnosis 
got a couple secretaries to stay after work to help him out. Ah, oh, dude, see, again. Again with, like, the secretaries. He went to the... I know, right? <laughs> it's a bad time for secretaries. It's rude, because, I mean, I'm sure that female, like, you know, she had, like, the CIA badge, but was she a CIA agent at the time? I'm guessing no. No, no, probably not because really. Because women were not allowed, allowed to, to do be... stuff. Yeah, exactly. They were all just serving in secretarial capacity, and I guess, obvious, you know, which made it okay for them to be fucking guinea pigs. Yes. Well, when it was the CIA, definitely. I mean, Jesus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He went through the process of hypnotizing them until he was satisfied that they were under his control. Oh, my God. He got these He got these two to do all kinds of shit. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I mean, like, (laughs) just even saying until he was satisfied, they were completely under his control. I know. How satisfied did he have to be? Yeah. How much over, you know, control over them does he have? Like, what's going on here at this point? Well, he'd get them to steal files and pass them off to random people. Steal files from each other. Start Kiss each other, I start bet. Start fires. It Make doesn't actually out. necessarily say if these... It doesn't It doesn't give the gender of these... Uh, of these... Uh, it, did, it said two secretaries. secretaries. Let's assume that if it's 1950 or something like that, it's... You really think it's a male secretary? Could be. Yeah, I don't think so. I think I think it's two chicks. Could be. made a made out. Could be he that too. Maybe he did. That's he all, forced him to kiss. That's all possible. You know he was doing that while he's like, okay, oh, well, I made him steal files, too. Yeah, that's what I'm going to put down, but... And start fires. Don't Mm -hmm. forget about the starting of fires. Well, maybe he had a thing for fires. He was a pyromaniac a little bit. On February 19th, 1954, Alan hypnotized one secretary to sleep until he said otherwise. Oh, my God. He hypnotized the other secretary to, to attempt to wake the first. If the second was unable to wake the first... The second would fly into a rage, grab a handgun off the desk, and shoot the sleeping secretary. The second secretary, during an interview before the experiment, expressed dislike of firearms and the inability to use them. Despite this, it is a she, when she attempted to wake her friend and could not, she grabbed a gun and fucking shot her. Or she would have if the gun had been loaded. So, and then he made them kiss, and then he made them kiss. (laughs) After being awakened from hypnosis, she did not remember anything she'd been doing, and when asked, said she would not kill anyone. Ellen did not see this as a success, as his subordinates could just have intrinsically trusted him and, like, trusted in their employer that they would not be put in danger. I mean, sure, it's the CIA, but they're secretaries, not operatives. Mm -hmm. I mean, they still get tested on, but they're not going to get shot. So he, he didn't necessarily believe that they were doing something against what they thought like they, they he, didn't he didn't actually think that he actually like conclusively had mind control over them no they... i think it's more so he didn't believe that they actually believed deeply and in, in in their soul that the gun was loaded i think that's what it was so he felt like that his the secretaries had such trust in him and in their employer 
such so much trust that neither of them would put these secretaries in danger that they just believed that, there, there that it was there's actually no bullets in this gun exactly yeah so like okay i'm gonna do it because i think that it's not loaded exactly deep down exactly in 1951, Sidney Gottlieb joined the CIA at age 33. He was a chemist and a poison expert and was hired on to the CIA Technical Service Staff, now called the Office of Technical Service. I wish I was a poison expert. That would be, you, you could be. That would be so fucking awesome. I also wish I knew how to build bombs. I'm just putting that out there. All right, well. <laughs> it seems like it would be really useful information, but... I, that's really hard. I, I guess it's hard to learn that kind of stuff without the FBI knocking on your door. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, probably trying to research stuff. I've got all sorts of red flags on me as it is. That's possible. That's why <laughs> but, I research at coffee shops. But yeah, I feel like that would be really handy if you just like know how to. I I just want to know all the shit that MacGyver knows. Hey, yeah. Well, like watch more I, MacGyver. Right. I want to know how to just like explode myself out of a locked room. Yeah, that would be handy just in just, case like, you get locked in, in a room. Cupboard. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have it, a certain it, set of skills. Also, poison. Like yeah. I'm being held captive. Oh, I can mix these things together and poison the fuck out of this guy and make my escape. There you go. Seems like useful information. That's all I'm saying. Well, Gottlieb probably knew all those tricks, and he had some nicknames. Black Sorcerer and Dirty Trickster were a couple of them. Dirty Trickster. Two years later, he was head of MK Ultra and totally cool doing anything to break the human psyche. Wow, that he sounds awesome. Throughout the 1950s, <laughs> he authorized tons of operations involving hallucinogenic compounds. In the 60s, when Cuba and America were having their little spat, Gottlieb suggested that we spray the TV studios with LSD and saturate Castro's shoes in thallium. The thallium was supposed to make his beard fall out. Mm, well, it's highly toxic stuff. It was used as rat poison, mm -hmm. ant poison, and uh, it was used to treat ringworm infection and was used to reduce the night sweating in tuberculosis patients. Which I'm sure was so beneficial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he came up with many ways. Oh, and the TV stations he was spraying with LSD were the uh, not American ones. They were right, that, Cuban ones. Yeah, because fuck them, huh? Yes. <laughs> uh, he came up with many ways to assassinate Castro, all, all very odd. Uh, poisoned objects, exploding conch shells were in part of his exploding plots. Exploding conch shells. Yes. So you're talking like the big seashells. Yes. Found at the bottom of the ocean. Yes. Okay. He, and somehow making those explode? Yeah, probably st throw a bomb in it and put it near Castro and boom, I guess. Why, I don't know. Why a conch show, though? I don't know. I don't know why they didn't have the idea of maybe sending snipers or something. I think they actually tried that, and that was the right. whole Bay of Pigs thing, right? Well, yeah. And, I mean, poisoning objects, like, that's... I don't know. That's not too, like, crazy of an idea to me. No, but that's, I mean, that it's seems like, like oh, a rather effective way. But like, put the, 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 but the, the conch shells, the thallium I mean. in his shoes. It's like to make his beard fall out. Like, oh, he loses his beard, and suddenly the Cuban people are like, oh man, Castro has no beard. Fuck that. But Castro is really an American union worker. His cover's <laughs> yeah. been blown. He can only grow a mustache. No shit. Uh, after Gottlieb's. I don't believe any more in him. <laughs> exactly. That's, well, in. <laughs> If only I have lost all confidence. If only Gottlieb had dictator. got his way. Uh, well, after Gottlieb's retirement in 1972, he got all like woke in the parlance of our times. Uh, he became vegan, 
raised livestock and did other hippie shit, including going to India with his wife uh, to help those suffering from Hansen's disease, which is leprosy. Mm, well, I, you know, good for him. He died. Sometimes in... that irritates me a little bit. Like, I'm glad when people decide to change for the greater good. But yeah. also it's kind of like it's also really annoying when people were like just really awful and then now they're like oh hey now i'm so fucking enlightened but they're still just fucking insufferable because of their enlightenment right well he <laughs> died in 1999 at his home his wife has not said what killed him but he, he was known to have heart issues so well yeah. i mean i mean everyone dies so everyone dies in 1952, the Navy Project Chatter suffered a fatal blow, though it wasn't quite dead yet. So we're back to Chatter now. We're, are... we're it's, it's bouncing around a little bit. Yeah, okay. An alleged operation called Castigate, which involved experimenting with the truth serum in Germany, was somehow an embarrassing failure that eventually took the Navy out of the mind control game. And I think that's also what took the rest of the military out, too. I looked into Operation Castigate. I could not find anything about it. And so I don't know how it was a failure. Um, I don't really know much about it more than it, what it I just It was just said. one that had like stamped failed on it and like big red letters. Something like that. Yeah. And it, and it made it so that the Navy was, was done with mind control at least. Alan Welsh Duels was the CIA director who ordered the creation of MK Ultra program on April 13th, 1953. The reason for the creation of this group was an answer to the alleged use of mind control techniques on American POWs during the Korean War. Bluntly, the CIA wanted to use mind control on their captives in order to get information from them. They also really wanted to be able to control foreign leaders. British intelligence conducts some tests this same year and decides that LSD would be a fine thing to use, you know, for interrogations and stuff, not just to use. <laughs> Although I think it's I wonder, a fine thing just to use. Well, and I just wonder as far as interrogations go, like you're tripping balls. I don't know. Maybe like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, just... I, but then again, we've never had a structured trip, you know? Right. I like every time I've true. ever taken any hallucinogens, it's just been sort of like hanging out with friends. I've never had anyone ever like been like, okay, now and like sit leading me down, down in a room and like asking you all sorts of like questions about shit. And I imagine that like, and because they're injecting you with it as well, and they're giving you a fucking shitload. It's not just like a couple hits. Not even. It's not even like ten hits. They're not even like giving you a puddle on your hand. They are giving you so much acid. You are like fucking gone. Like, in a state that neither you nor me have ever been in, I'm sure. Yeah, so, so I just God don't understand how they think this is effective for getting actual useful information. I feel like you would just be full of nonsense at that point. Maybe, like, but again, <laughs> again, you don't know for certain. You're off in, like, Wonderland somewhere. And so maybe you're, like... like what are you? You're a talking tree? Maybe. Trees are talking to me. Oh but my if God. you still have the information. And again, uh. if, it's a if they're structuring it in a way that you... They're leading you in a certain... A certain down a certain path, maybe it, it or obviously maybe not, works because better. you know, are we using LSD nowadays to interrogate? I have people? no idea. I don't maybe. think we are. I don't think. I we don't are. think we know a lot of how I we think they are were trying doing it, our interrogations. They were, they were trying it on because it was like a fairly new thing. I I don't know. So they tried it on to do it, but I think ultimately, probably, it was not the best source of getting good information, which is why it 
isn't used anymore. Aside, from, I don't know if it's not used the, anymore. I have no. I found no documented proof that says that it is still being used before. But allegedly, it's done. They they stopped using it when MPK Ultra ended. But they don't tell us a lot of things. Right, like you know, I mean, they, they weren't don't telling tell anyone things, about it when so. they, it was going on. Exactly. I'm just, I'm just feeling like it might have been one of those things that maybe, but you don't. I mean, it was a novel thing, and they tried it out. Maybe, but we don't know for and certain. Maybe like some. They got some stuff, but not effectively enough to where it's just like standard practice. I because wouldn't be if shocked. If you think about it, we do do things to... Do-do. God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do do. We do things to diplomatic prisoners, uh, prisoners of war that are considered torturous and unethical. We don't try to like torture them like spanish inquisition torture but, <laughs> no, but waterboarding no. is a thing and yeah. we need and sleep like deprivation. okay so sleep deprivation so lsd i think it'll make you trip balls but physically it's actually not doesn't endanger you all that much it's not no, the same not as like all. giving you a huge dose of amphetamines or oh something. no 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 there's i don't think there's or actually narcotics a, i mean either I don't of think, which can totally cause your heart to stop i don't think that you could actually like overdose from acid from lsd unless it was like completely replacing your bloodstream you know like right it would a really a ridiculous amount. amount it's like killing somebody with marijuana basically exactly like the chances so, of you suffocating because you are in a just there's no air to breathe is greater than you dying of the actual thc mm-hmm. yeah. so i mean where i'm going with this is that if lsd as a drug is fairly harmless to the body and it was very effective at getting truth out of people. I think at some point it would have just kind of been like put into use more and it would still be used used today and people could just I argue don't the fact know if that it is it's or not. not I don't know if it's used or not. You don't either. It's Neither not, of us it's know. It's not a humane thing to do. But we it know about could. other we know about other interrogation. We know about waterboarding. We yeah, know we about do. we do. Stuff like that. So yeah. I feel like if it if it really worked that well, maybe that's possible. But then again, and it it's really also wasn't possible physically it's still used. harmful to the person that you're interrogating. Maybe I, it's because there it are. It would be in use more today. Maybe it's because there are are more. There's actual like. You can tell when someone's been waterboarded, or you can tell like the, there are physical signs when someone's been undergoing sleep depth and that sort of thing. But you just dose the shit out of someone, and there's no way to tell, and there's no way to test it. You can't test through piss you can't test through dna i mean there's no way to test yeah so i I don't know it's just my theory on it is that yeah they they definitely they definitely did it to people yeah and maybe maybe it worked a little bit but i'm i'm thinking just big picture here right which is i mean maybe they don't use it anymore it's really not probably it wasn't the best because maybe maybe not i mean it's it's really i mean it is possible that they still use it it's also highly likely they don't use it anymore at all um i don't know I don't know. I just think probably it was one of those, like, good idea, but maybe not so much. Yeah, it's it's possible. But it's also possible that they still use it, and they use it all the time. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, the it's really neither sodium here nor there. pentothal is still used. Yeah. And I think that is something that's more widely accepted as something that can cause a truth. Somebody will give a truthful response right. when they've been administered that. Yeah. But you just don't see that with like LSD. Yeah, I, I mean, again, as being, again, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know, I know, and I'm all, I'm, and I'm saying, I again, I, I don't know. It's possible. It's very, very possible. But it's possible that they use it. I don't know. 
The person put in charge of this project, as previously mentioned, was Sidney Gottlieb. The ultimate mission of MKUltra was later said to be, quote, to investigate whether and how it was possible to modify an individual's behavior by covert means, unquote. Are we at all surprised that this new MKUltra program that Gottlieb was put in charge of became hyper-focused on LSD tests? Not particularly. In the following years, however, MKUltra operatives looked into other psychoactive drugs, including psilocybin, the thing that makes magic mushrooms magic. Mm-hmm. More good news in 1953. Dr. Harold Wolf, on orders from the CIA, studies the methods that the communists are using in their brainwashing program. And then their brainwashing program. Yeah. What it. he finds is that they are using a technique combining stress, threats, and pressure. They do not have a truth serum, no truth ray, and no truth machine. Well, truth machines are expensive. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's also Russia. It's hard to get shit. And no one's so, got a truth serum. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, truth serum, hard to come by. And the ones that they think might be truth serums, like the sodium amytal and the LSD and the psilocybin... Yeah, probably hard to get your hands on large amounts out there. So they're just going to get old school with it, basically. Basically, Russia is just like, um, why are you even trying all this shit? This is what we do to fucking... <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit get about Get people LSD. under our fucking control. Yeah, They use... Man, I just, it seems like... I think I'd rather be drugged. We fucking threaten them. And stress. And we put them under huge amounts of stress. And, yeah, it's just like, that's uh, shitty. Yeah, it's like, definitely, for me, I would definitely... Yeah, I will take the drugs, 100%. Yes. Like, give me all the drugs to try and make me your fucking mind control, mind controlled operative or whatever the fuck. Whatever, just give me drugs. Just, yeah. <laughs> but, just, but I don't want to be kept up for days at a time. No, and, that sounds exhausting. And tortured and other Sounds ways. like a lot of pain. Um, yeah, not cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about LSD. In the 1940s, the CIA knew about LSD. I mean, they didn't know much about it, but they knew that the Soviets were making it like it was 1960s San Francisco, and that was in the future. And so the CIA knew they needed to make more. So actually, LSD was pretty easy to come by in uh, in Russia in the 1940s. Because it was created in Russia? And no, just because it, they at this point they're making it uh, with... They're using grain to make it. They're getting their ergot off oh, grain the ergot? to make it. Yeah, okay. yeah, and so there's just a shitload of grain in Russia. Mm-hmm. Is there a lot of grain in Russia in the 40s? Oh, they I don't know. You just said it was the 40s. There, I feel like there would not be grain. They just went through World War II. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like Russia would be like this uh, gold mine of grain at that point. Well, they had history where they. I mean, people are starving and dying. Well, they still were making a shitload of acid, regardless of how much <laughs> grain they had. Maybe that's why people were starving, is they're busy making all the... It's like, no, this grain is going to be used for acid for the government. Yeah. All right? I Sorry, mean... we're not going to give you any bread. Yeah. It's kind of like California when I was driving through it. Everywhere we went, there were almond um, farms, and almonds grow on trees, and... According to my son, who's really smart about a lot of shit, it takes like a gallon of water per almond. So when you're growing almond trees, each nut that is produced requires one gallon of water. Wow. And that's a lot. And California like has no fucking water. Like they take our water. Yeah. Like we give them their water. And it's kind of like 
this fucked up thing where it's like, well, maybe if you were growing so many fucking almonds, you would have a little more fucking water. California is like one of the top producers of almonds in the world. And yet they're growing this crop that apparently requires a shit ton of water, which they don't even have. Seems so like yeah. they are overusing <laughs> their own resources to, yeah, it just doesn't make any damn sense. So maybe maybe it was a situation like that where they're something just being yeah could been stupid about could've it been. and just allocating their resources to the wrong thing in my opinion. Or they had a whole bunch of moldy grain kicking around. I'm not sure. Is that a is that a part of it that it has to be? Is the ergot itself like a mold or yeah? Okay, the ergot as far as it's I like know, a the ergot is, like is a the... mold is the mold off of off of this particular grain. Okay. Operation Midnight Climax. It's a great name, and it's a simple plan. You know, I think I executed that operation last night. <laughs> Nicely done. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> Let me tell you about it. Sometimes they'd find volunteers, but sometimes fucking Gary left his coffee unattended, and suddenly he's subject to 12F9 Red. 12F9 Red? That's his code name? Well, he's, I don't know. That's just one something I made up. Uh, sometimes maybe a deceptive term. CIA operatives dosing other operatives clandestinely was a regular occurrence. Like... What dicks? I know. That was just like what they were doing. This is, I mean, this is how you go crazy when you just can't like trust anybody. And it's like, did, were my coworkers like fucking, fucking with me again without my knowledge? Well, you'd know when you were tripping your balls off and you got sent home or whatever, <laughs> or sent to the, the observation room. <laughs> yeah, but isn't like the whole point to like make it so you don't know? Oh, it didn't matter. They just wanted to see what it did. Oh, they geez. didn't care if you knew or you didn't. In 1953, a dude named George White, who worked for the Federal Bureau of Narcotics, was putting together this crazy room on 225 Chestnut Street in San Francisco. Red curtains, suggestive pictures on the walls. 1950s suggestive, mind you, so it was like... Somebody was like showing their fucking ankles. Yeah, pretty much. Kind of an Austin Powers sort of room, I'm imagining, you know? Uh, you're probably wondering why the CIA is working with this guy from the Federal Bureau of Narcotics to decorate a room. Uh, what they're doing is they're paying prostitutes to bring Johns to the rooms where they wouldn't get dosed and observed. Oh, okay. So this was all in the name of science, too, I'm yes. sure. Like, this definitely had legitimate information to be reaped from doing these things, huh? Yep. Uh, the women would get a bit of cash, and they'd also get legal help for their inevitable altercations with the fuzz. How do they sell this, I wonder? Uh, I don't. It's like, look, I, I want to watch hookers. I'm fuck pretty guys. sure exactly let's, how it let's was. Let's try and set this up in a context that makes it seem like this is sciency in some way. The CIA had more than one of these places. One of these in San Francisco and New York. So now I get why. Was so this it was why New it's called Midnight Climax. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, they also began experimenting with sex itself as a means with information extraction. Mm. They actually tested at what phase of the act was best to get the information. As it turns out, immediately after is the time to ask questions. Oh, really? Immediately after? Yes. That is when, I guess, they got the most truthful responses. Well, probably because every woman will tell you that when you ask a guy if they love you, like, while it's going on versus immediately after, you're definitely going to get probably a not truthful response. Which time? During. During. Mm -hmm, because, like, they're basically going to say whatever. Right. It's like, do you love me? It's like, oh, fuck, yeah. You know, just whatever to allow them to keep on going. Right, right. They're not going to be like, actually, 
you're just a piece of ass to me while it's going on because then, you know, girl is going to get furious and there's going to be some hitting and the sex is going to stop. So. Right, and that's not what the point is there. Right, so, but, you know, if you're dumb enough to ask a question during that, I mean, just, just be aware you're not going to get a truthful answer. I'm going to say whatever, but right after, you've already gotten what you wanted, so I guess the time for hard truths would be then. <laughs> well, listen to what old George White did here. Reportedly, he'd sit in the surveillance booth, which had a small refrigerator and a pitcher of gin martinis in it. He'd just sit there, sip, watch, take notes. So was this like there was like a two-way mirror or something? I believe that... like like the police interrogation where there's like a person watching on the other side of the mirror. Yep. That's the setup he had. And so he would just sit back there and... and I wonder how many times he had to watch people fuck for him to just decide... Like, okay, yeah, no, after. After many, many experiments, I've, I've come to the conclusion that after the sex act is when to get the truth out of someone. Well, he apparently liked the whole watching part. Oh, well, so. yeah, I'm sure he did. <laughs> so God God knows what else happened in that uh, booth. That I, I bet a lot of jerking off. I bet there's, you know, cum stains all over. Don't bring a blacklight. Oh, man. Uh, Operation Gross. Midnight Climax lasted for 10 years. Oh, Jesus. Do you think they employed a jizz mopper? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure someone I'm sure someone had to clean the hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. Or the apartments or whatever they were. Or the observation room, for sure. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. That's maybe, what I'm talking about. Maybe he know? just caught, maybe he had like a pocket pussy and he just caught it in the end or something. I don't know. <laughs> After his death, his widow released a shitload of his diaries that told many stories of his life as a narcotics agent and his time working with the CIA. He died in 1975 at 69 years old, and the documents were released in 1977. Did his wife know about his little um, Operation Midnight Climax activities? If they were in the documents that she read, then yes. The time of Was his... it in her book? Do you know? I, I don't know. So she only just... I feel like this is one of those like, oh, I'm going to talk about all the stuff that... Uh, it wasn't a book. She just released a shitload of his diaries. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Well, probably you wouldn't be releasing that. I, probably yeah, I he don't... didn't write in his diaries about that. I, I don't know. It was not... It didn't say either way. Mm. Uh, the time of his death is interesting, as 1975 is also when the CIA was investigated for doing all this bad shit. Allegedly, he died of liver cirrhosis. Now, he had been off hooch for a number of years, but there is no reversing of cirrhosis, so it's possible that like, he saw the end coming. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, cirrhosis will fucking kill you, and when it gets to a certain... I mean, it's like anything else. Yeah. It's like cancer. But maybe it wasn't that. It gets I mean, to a stage where it, there's no going back. Same with like heart failure, right, liver right. failure. That's what cirrhosis is. And but maybe maybe it wasn't the cirrhosis. Maybe he was a loose end. Maybe he was just getting rid of because the CIA because was he kind liked of in to hot watch water. People fucking jerk off. To well, him. because he has was working with the CIA doing some shit that was being investigated. Well, I just don't understand how. Watching people fuck for 10 years does not pull up some red flags as, you know, oh, hey, maybe this isn't 100% a needed thing. I'm imagining that his... He keeps trying to sell it. I mean, he managed to sell it for like 10 years. Like, I'm this, imagining this is that my his job. I'm reports watch people fuck weren't and... <laughs> going through Congress. I'm pretty sure that was probably some sort of probably like Probably not on the up and up, but I mean, it's not like it involved murdering people. It's, I mean, it's... Tawdry, no, it's, for sure. Nah, it's, it's pretty... I mean, it, but, it probably didn't even cost that much money for the CIA. Mm-mm, but 
I don't feel like this would warrant some sort of um, death made to look like his liver went out on him. I don't know. Uh, here's a quote that I saw again and again from uh, the guy. I mean, he wrote this after retiring in a letter to his ex-boss. I was a very minor missionary, actually a heretic, but I toiled wholeheartedly in the vineyards because it was fun, fun, fun. Where else could a red-blooded American boy lie, kill, cheat, steal, rape, and pillage with the sanction and blessing of the All-Highest? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so he's saying that he killed people or he's just kind of putting that out there as something maybe he could have gotten away with because he got to like jerk off to people fucking for 10 years. I think that and pillaging, I mean, pillaging really in the sense of it doesn't go unnoticed. You can't just go around pillaging shit. You can't you? Nope. That's going to draw attention. Even the CIA would get angry about that. You think so? Mm-hmm. It's Cause they like to keep their things on the DL. Well, no, I mean, if no one gives a shit about what you're pillaging, then who's going to report it? Well, I guess I don't know that it's if no one gives a shit about it. It's just do they have the capacity to keep it under wraps? Right. And if you're really pillaging in the sense of the word, I'm just saying. It's kind of a big scale thing to be doing. Right. Well, maybe that's why they got rid of him, because they're like, God damn it. I'm sick of having to cover up all your fucking pillaging. Maybe. And I mean, who's just I mean, I'm sure he's not like pillaging the entire countryside. I'm sure he doesn't have a (laughs) band of fucking Visigoths and he's like riding through New York, destroying it. I'm sure any pillaging that he was done was probably on a much smaller scale than like. Yeah. And that's kind of exactly my point. You know, he likes to talk real big here. But what really was he doing? seems to me like he was jerking off a bunch maybe in this in, in, i mean in this particular story i gave you but over 10 years and not even working with this like for the cia just with the cia i'm sure he had quite a bit of other jobs and i'm sure he didn't sound like he was a super uh nice dude so no definitely not i mean definitely kind of like a, a rasputin type if you will mm, yeah, except rasputin maybe. like really just went all out but what and he's saying here, fucks. I mean, this guy's trying to act like he did, except what he's saying here. There's not a whole lot of evidence that he actually did. Well, I didn't look. I mean, if you'd like, we could look deeper into him. <laughs> I mean, I didn't look deeper into him except for, in, you know, his work with MK Ultra. Right. So, I mean, if we could look deeper into him, we could find out or we could see if we could find out. I'm sure most of the shit about him is not easy to find. My guess would just be like he's a, but big, what he's it a says, pervert, he's a big talker, and he died because he was probably a drunk for many years and his liver eventually gave but out But what him. this says to me is that he was allowed to kill, cheat, steal, rape, and pillage and it not, not get in trouble for it. So... Even if you take away the pillaging because for some reason you have a weird problem with that and he only lied, <laughs> killed, cheated, and stole and raped. I mean, like, is that just fine? No, it's there not. There you go. It's not just so fine. So regardless, regardless of the but pillaging. Do you think that he was out there killing people too? I mean, it's, it's, it's I possible. Think, uh, yeah, I feel like maybe he's just trying to like put it out there that he You was... feel like it, but again, neither of us has done research into this guy, no, so we don't actually people know. People like to talk big. People like to talk big. It's just You've said like, that about okay. literally everybody we've talked about in here. Because maybe some people do like to talk lots of big. People are just, but maybe he <laughs> also was killing tendency. people and raping people and doing all kinds of fucked up shit. And he was just kind of like, all right, I'm just going to say that, that I did all that and it was cool and I had fun. Well, it is cool. And because he can't get in trouble for I having could. fun. He was being ordered to do something. But if you really did that and 
I don't know. I feel like if I was out there actually killing people for the CIA, I wouldn't fucking say anything about it even after retirement. Why? If you enjoyed it. If you were proud of it. Well, if I enjoyed it and I was proud of it, but still there would be some part of me that would maybe feel like making a statement like that is going to open it up to like, what if they... All right, maybe they'll kill me for saying it. Number two, <laughs> maybe, maybe number two, maybe they killed. they kept <laughs> all this evidence, killed. and now they're just going to be like, you know what, this guy was a psycho. We didn't know this. Here's all this evidence of the stuff he did. Now get him in trouble for it. Maybe, maybe. I just, I just feel like if I was really out there doing some really, really, you know, big deal shit, like out there executing and stuff, it's just like no. But it's the kind of people that have that idea of the CIA and did some stuff with the CIA and then later on are going to be like, oh, well, yeah, I could totally fucking kill people all I wanted. That, I don't know. Oh, I guess that's the difference between you and George White. (laughs) CIA, if you'd like to hire Joanna, she will keep her mouth shut. Exactly. I will not (laughs) tell a soul. Also, in the days just preceding the creation of MKUltra, the company that held the patent for LSD, Sandoz, lost it. This allowed for many different U.S. companies to start manufacturing the chemical. I wonder how they lost it. Do you think the I government had something it. to do with that? I looked into it, and it I could not find anything about it. That's one thing where I can just totally attribute to, like, yeah, the CIA did that. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, we lost your application for a patent. Now, the thing I is... I don't know what happened to that file. Hmm. Is, so this allowed for many companies to start manufacturing the chemical, but for some reason they also, the CIA, had to come to an agreement with Sandoz to not distribute LSD to the Soviets. So maybe that was, I mean, I don't know. They kind of. You don't have the patent anymore. Anyone can make it, but you can't sell to the Soviets. I don't see how, I don't know. It seems like that's like the CIA really just strong arming them if they had anything to do with it. Because it's like, for one, you don't get the patent anymore. So now all these people can make it. That's going to cut into your revenue. Plus, you can't sell to the Soviets anymore. That's going to cut into your revenue. Because fuck you and see now that's the kind of thing I'm just like oh yeah I 100% buy that they just sit this guy down like sorry you're not getting this patent you're not making money off of it this way you're also not making money of it off of it that way like we acknowledge that you have the information to produce it but you best not be telling Russia that for some money otherwise we're gonna fuck you sideways (laughs) right and they could definitely do it because we can do that we can make up all kinds of shit about you we can make your life a living fucking hell because we are the goddamn cia and so like i wonder if maybe it was also a deal that they made with these other companies to manufacture the lsd like you just sell it to us not other companies because it didn't say anything else about the other companies that could now manufacture it not selling to the soviets right and probably they just didn't want it being sold to anybody but them because right you know drugs are bad Drugs are bad. Not Maybe at this there point was a time. mistake, though, in, in letting this information out to all these other companies to produce it because that had a whole trickle-down effect, I'm sure. It's like fucking CIA started like the... <laughs> well, I'm sure it wasn't... Just... They helped boost the whole LSD movement. Just because one has a patent doesn't necessarily mean no one else has the knowledge of how to make it. It just means True. they can't like, make it and sell it. But there's a difference between having the knowledge and actually producing something. Oh, yeah. There's definitely that as well. Just having the knowledge isn't enough. You have to be able to produce it and produce it well. So if you're just giving um, car- giving somebody like total license to to do just that, then obviously there's 
there's going to be a lot of knowledge and a lot of producing going on out oh, there that oh, yeah. otherwise would have been prevented by the patent. And I wonder if maybe some of these other companies just like didn't have whatever is necessary for international trade. Mm-hmm. So who knows? The Sanders losing the patent was a boon for the CIA. And that <laughs> another company called Ellie Lilly figured out a way to make LSD entirely synthetically. So they didn't have to use, like, the ergot and shit. Yep. The previous manufacturing, as we spoke about before, required ergot from wheat, which is limited. But now they can just manufacture it all willy-nilly. Yay, science. Yay, science. Uh, The CIA actually had been experimenting with the creation of psychoactive drugs themselves. And they had come up with six that were being used operationally by 1957. I'm not sure what those drugs are. They were probably really good. Probably. In 1954, Dr. Harris Isbell was asked by the CIA to do something. Dr. Isbell was the director of, was the director of research for the National Institute of Mental Health Addiction Research Center at the Public Health Service Hospital in Lexington, Kentucky. Wow. Holy shit. That's a whole lot of words to say. Uh, basically, he's the head of a prison hospital. Uh, he held this position from 1945 to 1963. This thing that the CIA asked him to do was to test drugs on inmates. Hmm, yeah. And boy, did he. He tested a variety of drugs on these possibly unwilling, possibly unknowing humans. Probably both. Probably I'm say. both. Not even possibly. I'm going to say probably because. Very again, likely. Uh, inmates are wonderful guinea pigs and. Yep. Who are they going to tell? Yeah. Who's going to believe them? And who's going to even care at that point? Like these days, maybe like not so cool if you find out about something like that. Right. But... Easier to get out these days as well. Mm-hmm. But back then. It's just like, yeah, who's going to believe you? Yeah. No one. There's no internet. You can't just get stuff out there and make it viral. Nope. Nope. Opiates, barbiturates, booze, weed, and of course, hallucinogens were all things tested on the inmates. These things they were testing for were gained tolerances, cross tolerances, addictive qualities, withdrawal symptoms, and even treatments for overdoses. Well, see, there's some good there. Some good there, yeah. (laughs) A man named Dr. Ewan Cameron, a psychiatrist, was experimenting with what he called depatterning and LSD in 1956. Depatterning is simply a fancy way to say brainwash. The CIA takes note of his experiments and brings him into the fold. Okay, so is this where the LSD comes in? Is well, LSD was just a natural saying. progression with all of the other hallucinogens they'd been using. Mm-hmm. They were just uh, basically when Gottlieb got involved, he was super into LSD and he brought that shit with him with a ferocity. They pay him, the other guy, Cameron, Doctor Cameron, mm-hmm. to carry out MK Ultra experiments at the Allen Memorial Institute, which is a psychiatric hospital in Quebec. Here, he used LSD, various paralytic drugs, and ECT at 30 to 40 times the power. That's electroshock, kids. Mm-hmm. His specialty was putting a patient into a drug-induced coma for weeks to months. Wow. During this time, a noise or command would be re- recorded on a tape and looped so that it would play for the duration of the coma. This was done to people coming in for minor problems, things like anxiety or depression. You go in because you're sad, and they put you in a coma and start brainwashing you. Or trying to brainwash you. Many of these patients, well, many of these victims were permanently damaged from these tests. Oh, really? You'd 
Don't say. Some of these victims were children. I can't imagine how that would happen. I just... He would have the children sexually assaulted, in one case by several people. That's fucking horrible. They would also have these children perform sexual acts on government officials on video for later blackmail purposes. Some of the long-term effects suffered by his victims were permanent speech loss, permanent amnesia, permanent loss of specific memories, and incontinence. Hmm. Well, you're zapping people with electricity way higher than what is considered to be a safe level. 30 to 40 times. Yeah, you're putting them in comas for months. I'm not even going there with like the whole fucking depraved sex shit that allegedly happened, but just doing stuff like that, well, yeah, obviously that's going to have some yes. major long-term effects yes. on someone's body, and I don't understand, like, oh, uh, like, how do you think that this is going to be effective in any way? How is this furthering science anyway to basically just fuck someone up to the point where they're in a coma for fucking months? Well, this despicable motherfucker died of a heart attack while mountain climbing in too 1967. Easy, in my opinion. Way too easy. So pretty much the 1950s were a time for LSD. As said before, they used volunteers and people who had no idea what was going on. They would administer huge doses to these people to see what would happen. Over 150 experiments were carried out on humans. Let's talk about Frank Olson. He's one of these humans. He was a U.S. Army Special Operations Division officer at a retreat with Army and CIA personnel. It's November 19th, 1953, and surprise, surprise, these CIA spooks dosed some folks on the sly. Olson was one of these guys, and he did not respond very well. After he came down, he was suffering from severe paranoia and had a nervous breakdown. Well, shit. They sent him to a doctor in New York City who said he just needed some rest. <laughs> yes, you uh, just need some rest, clearly. He, I wonder if they told the doctor what was going on exactly. Oh, I doubt it. Do you think that they were just like, oh, hey, we've been giving him huge doses of acid, by the way? Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah, so there's that. So the doctor said, you know, he needed some rest. He needed to be sent to a mental facility so he could recover. Unfortunately... He committed suicide on November 28th by jumping out of his hotel room window. Heavy finger quotes here, folks. Oh, okay. Like the suicide? Yes. Well, I don't know. I'm kind of apt to believe it just because tripping on acid and stuff like there's always like that person that fucking totally loses their shit. Right. Yeah. Like this was this guy, except it was like times 100 because they gave him so much of it so often. So you believe that he committed suicide? I believe that that's. Definitely possible. Okay, well, let's let's carry on with the story, up. and we will we'll find out exactly what happened because there is an actual conclusion that's for real. So that maybe you're saying possibly I'll, it was not because of the air quotes. I will tell you exactly okay, what I'm me, saying. Tell me, tell me. During everything going to shit in the '70s with the CIA, with all the different uh, court cases and stuff, right? Going all on the with investigations them. and like, hey, what's been going on here for like the last like 20 years? Exactly. Uh, not only does the current CIA director learn about what actually happened to Olson, but a few dirty little secrets came about. Some domestic operations by the CIA got to the hands of an investigative journalist for the New York Times. This article, written by Seymour Harsh, which is a crazy name, is one of the things that blows up for the CIA. In 1975, the CIA finally admits that Olson was surreptitiously dosed with a shitload of acid. Mm -hmm. Mind you, they had denied anything was weird about his death for the past 22 years. Dicks. Okay. 
It wasn't until 1994 that Frank Olson was exhumed and his body examined. What did they find? Probably homicide. You see, Mr. Olson had been bashed on the head before he left the confines of the hotel room. Likely, he was bashed on the head and then tossed out the window. I thought he jumped out of the window of the hospital. Uh, it was... No, it wasn't at the hospital. It was well, his I mean, hotel I know room. Usually they have, uh, you know stuff in in place for people to like not do that because of it's it's a mental hospital Oh, it's not a hospital okay it's his hotel room i thought that he needed you said he needed to go to a ment the the psychiatrist said he needed to go to a mental hospital i did tell you that and so before he was able to get to the hospital okay he jumped so he's resting up at the hotel he's getting his recommended his physician recommended rest at the hotel yeah so what what it was was they'd they'd sent him to a doctor in new york city okay so he needed to stay someplace a hotel being the place he stayed okay and so he went to the doctor the doctor was like dude needs to rest he needs to go to a mental facility where they have barred windows and what have you as we know from a hotel cecil episode they didn't do a very good job of keeping people from jumping out of hotels back in the day and probably which is why I was buying it that it was at the hospital is they probably didn't do it much at the hospital either. That's actually you know, possible. I don't know. How many people probably had to jump out of windows at hospitals before they're like, you know what? We need bars on every single one of <laughs> yeah. these. This needs to be like a standard. Hopefully they figured it out a little bit sooner in the mental facilities. <laughs> Who knows? Sometimes it takes like a really long time. Oh, yeah. That's, like how no. long did it take for, you know, people in jail to be given those uh, flip-flop slide things. I don't know. When did As they... opposed to like shoes with laces where you can hang yourself. I don't know. When did they get those? Yeah. I mean, it feels like that's a pretty recent thing. I have no idea. As... Yeah. I so, have no idea. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. So that, so it was the hotel. Yeah. That he so it was the hotel. It wasn't, it was not the mental facility. Well, see now I'm more likely to believe a homicide scenario when you say hotel. I right. was thinking like he was that fucked up. He went to a mental facility, no, which yeah. sometimes isn't really all that helpful. And probably especially when, not back in the day. Back in the day and when you they don't even know what's exactly wrong with you and you've right. just been given like huge doses of acid on the sly and nobody even knows this and then you just are just so fucked up you just want to fucking end it all and you just jump out the fucking window. Like, right. That was what I was picturing in my head. No, no. Like it's their fault technically for giving him all that shit, but that it's plausible he went crazy enough to just fucking off himself. Right, but that... But that didn't happen. No, it would be difficult to cause Somebody the hit damage. hit him on the head and then pushed him out the window. Yeah, it would be difficult to cause the damage to yourself and then fall out a window. Mm-hmm. And they could just, like, prove that the damage came from... Post-mortem. Or well, then... perimortem. Because that's before death, right? Well, yeah, but, I mean, that's kind of hard to say. If it happened, it would have to be the type of the injury, not the timing of the injury. Because if you hit somebody over the head and then push them out the window... There's not going to be a difference that you can see as far as time. I have no idea. I'm not a crime scene investigator, so I don't know. Well, I'm just saying, like, okay, so the wounds that you sustained right when you die aren't going to be all that different from the wounds that you sustained right before you die. Yeah, but I mean... uh, Like a bruise, how you know how it changes color over time. So you can tell, like, oh, this person was bruised before they, you know, like this X amount of time. You can make a guesstimate as to when that injury occurred. So you're you're trying to differentiate between whether an injury occurred right when somebody died or right before somebody died, there's no way to tell that. So you're telling me that we couldn't like tell that, like if he got bashed in the back of the head, that that happened before he fell. Right. But you could see if if it happened before he fell because of how it looked like, did he, when he was found, is it obvious that his head hit 
something on the way down or would that have been impossible from the way his body fell and all that kind of shit right right you can tell the mechanics of it but not the timing i'm saying well i mean i guess timing probably comes with mechanics well it can but if it if you're saying somebody hit him right before he fell you're not going to be able to tell it's going to have to be based all on the mechanics of it versus being able to tell like like if there's congealed blood in the wound that would tell you yeah, that I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not. I. I don't. I'm not because really... your blood's not going to congeal after. Yeah, I'm not uh... the fact. I just love forensics, so yeah, totally. <laughs> You're probably more qualified than I am. I'm just putting that out there that they were actually. This is what they're basing it on. They dug him up, and that, and they noted that the type of injury he received could not have been from a fall from the window. This had to be him being struck with an object, right? Prior, exactly. Okay. Whitney Bolger was a criminal. He was a crime boss for Boston's Winter Hill Gang, named for the area it operated out of. They were not known for their imagination. He was in prison for 19 murders and actually just died on October 30th of 2018. 19? 19. What a fucking piece of shit. He had been transferred to a prison in West Virginia the day before, so October 29th, 2018, and that morning was found beaten with his eyes gouged out and his tongue cut out. Well, good. He was 89 and confined to a wheelchair. That seems, you know, like kind of like sp- poor sportsmanship on the perpetuator's part. I, like at that point, I mean, they're I'd, kind of an easy target. But I don't still, know who you know, he murdered or like still, what sort of situations they were in. Maybe he deserved it. Maybe not. Someone felt like he deserved it that much. Someone certain. did for sure. But I mean, God. Well, before all of this, way back in 1957, he alleged that he had been involved in MK Ultra tests. What he describes does not sound like a great time. Basically, he, had, he and a few other inmates were injected with an unknown amount of LSD. He spoke of what sounded like super long, super intense acid trips, uh, lack of appetite, which you know generally happens when tripping. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also intense paranoia and intense violent feelings that would last for prolonged periods. That kind of stuff actually almost reminds me a little bit of the Russian sleep experiment one. Right. Which was all fake. Which was all fake. All of this along with a healthy dose of visuals. He claimed that the rooms would change shape, blood would come out of the walls, people turned into skeletons, and a camera turned into a dog's head. Well, that's not really atypical of, you know, an acid trip. And who knows how much acid these guys got dumped into their veins because they're injected with it. Probably more oh, than man. the average person. I would, s- I would say so. Thing. It's probably more than the average person takes in their entire life at one time. That was it. That was just a description of what he claims happened to him. Okay, so he's a murderer who says that he, he that, was well, a victim he was in, of, of MK Ultra. Well, he was in prison. He got the shit drugged out of him. Was this before he committed all the murders or after? Well, it happened to him in prison. Well, I'm saying, like, did he commit 19 murders first and then get subjected to MK Ultra, Or is he saying that he was, like, in prison for, like, something else? Because, you know, most murderers, the when, way, they, when they go to prison for killing someone, it's not, like, their first rodeo. The like, way it read... usually been in the system for a while. The way it read was that he was in prison for 19 murders mm-hmm. and that while he was in prison for 19 murders... He was then also drugged. Okay. So he wasn't trying to say that he it happened before and then he went out and committed 19 murders? No, no. Okay. Either way, he's a fucking piece of shit trying to be a victim. So. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wayne Ritchie was a U.S. Marshal in 1957. And there was a party at the post office he was attending with a few other agents. I bet that was a rocking party. Oh, my God. Yeah, they were probably just... Licking stamps, like, everywhere. Man. Woo! He's chilling out, having some laughs, drinking bourbon and soda, when suddenly things get all weird. The room starts to spin. He gets hyper-aware of lights and super paranoid that no one likes him. He takes off upstairs to his office and tries to get his shit together, but the opposite occurs. So he starts wigging out more and needs to get the fuck out of there. He needs to see his girlfriend. <laughs> he heads back to his apartment, hopefully not driving, where it's safe and Probably where his girl driving. is. Probably driving. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he gets back and he and his girlfriend get into an argument, which was got to be the shittiest. Well, yeah, but I mean, not altogether something, you know, unusual for having had too much alcohol. I mean, that often causes arguments to come up. Right. Or being dosed. Because that's what happened. <laughs> he was dosed. He was dosed with acid? Yep. He's not just drunk. He's mm-hmm. fucking dripping. Uh, all this negativity at the apartment is fucking with him. So he leaves there too. Hopefully not driving, but probably. Probably. So yeah. he goes from bar to bar, getting more and more fucked up, drinking more and more. Well, see, I think that that has a lot to do with the behavior. It's not just the LSD. I mean, the, the LSD is going to be fucking with you for sure but oh yeah add, add the drinking on top of that well you don't like feel different... drunk when you're tripping i mean you are drunk it's... you're stumbling and shit but in right. your head it's all you whole... feel like is you're tripping yeah it's a whole different thing there when you add alcohol who the hell would be totally cool with doing all this fucked up shit to human beings nazis fucking nazis well yeah i mean that's what they kind of you know we knew about that kind of from the get-go reading all their <laughs> yep <laughs> all I... their experience experiments that we tried to like emulate but not be nazis but ended up being kind of like nazi-like in some of them yep so you know not shockingly after hitler Mm -hmm. died or escaped to argentina oh my god a lot of the nazis jumped ship Uh, they didn't really want to go to jail for the rest of their lives because of all the fucked up shit they did not even just go to they're get hanged okay they don't go to jail for war crimes most of them got fucking sent to the gallows oh no they go to the jail for the rest of their lives because they stay in jail before they get hanged (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay well the rest of their short ass right lives <laughs> there but we're not talking they're thinking rest of their lives as in they're gonna like die in jail when they're no. 80 they're gonna go They'll to jail in... they're gonna be in jail for the duration of their trial and then they're gonna be fucking hanged yep or shot by firing squad fortunately for them the united states of america had other things in mind why allow some great, though sadistic, minds to rot in some military prison until they got killed when they could be kept on American soil and put to work? It's like, let's just try and make the best of this, huh? The snappy That's name, how we're going to rationalize this shit. The snappy name they gave this idea was Operation Paperclip. Paperclip. I just... Maybe because they were like looking through all the files of all the Something, awful yeah. things that they did. But it started out life as Operation Overcast before the end of the war. Well, maybe because it, you know, Overcast, like there. Is I don't know why you're trying to figure out why they call them things. I, these things, the names, it doesn't matter. Because there is just this. The whole thing is just shadowed with. Um, inappropriateness because they know they should not be doing this right well the allied troops uh, the operation uh, overcast was allied troops taking sciencey shit they could find from places they'd taken nazi places they'd taken or interrogating nazi scientists they'd come across 
they were trying to use this Nazi learning to push American rocketry and chemical weapons forward. So at this point, all they're trying to do is just get the science. They're not even implementing it. They're just Operation Overcast is ob- obtaining the science. Mm-hmm, but sometimes obtaining the science by allowing people that shouldn't have been allowed to be free to be free. That's what it, it, Operation Paperclip was. Oh, okay. But uh, Overcast was... Overcast was simply getting all the science shit. Paperclip was when they actually brought this, these Nazis into America. Uh, we'll get to it here. Okay. Some politicians, like President Harry Truman, forbade the CIA from actually hiring fucking Nazis. Right, because, like, that, you know, good for you. So, of course, the CIA didn't hire Nazis. I mean, except they did. Yeah, you see, they just maybe like gave them new identities, or it what was did they do? Pretty easy to change an identity in the 20th mm-hmm. century. It's like okay, let me just erase this off your driver. Let's just write in a new name on your paper license. Suddenly, Hans Ziegler from Munich was Harry Smith from Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and a damn good rocket scientist to boot. How I'm, lucky for us! I mean, Nazis fucking suck, but they did help us get to the moon first. I mean, some argue we didn't get to the moon. That's a different story. Oh my but God, yeah, let's not get into that. Operation Paperclip <laughs> did get America to the moon. If America hadn't taken these Nazi scientists, it's pretty certain the Soviets would have. Well, and what, what would have been worse? God. I mean, who knows? It would have been different, but who knows? Different. I'm going to say different, but is it even good now? <laughs> <laughs> I just, it just sucks. It sucks that somebody's the horrible things that somebody has done can just be like overlooked because they are useful. possess a, a knowledge that is yeah. is slightly useful or hey like or very maybe, useful in some cases or maybe just highly entertaining i mean like look at all the fucking celebrities that are just a lot of get away with fucking shit yeah like michael vicks like well he does play really good football so and let's just uh look the whole animal torture on a huge scale thing right let's just look the other way on that right like, it's cool. We'll still pay him millions of dollars even after he's done time. He gets his football contract back. And yeah, all because he's really good at playing. And I mean, that's just so fucking awful. Yeah. I hate that. And one could argue that being good at a game is not good reason to get off from a crime. But right. being able to further an entire country's technological advances may be a good reason. I know it's, that it's the maybe, government certainly thought it was. It's a better reason than just straight up entertainment and money. I will say that, but there are just there are just some things that it's just like no. Come no, on. I know. It's have you seen Inglorious Bastards? It was one of those ones I started and I fell asleep watching. Okay, well it moved too slow in the beginning, I think. All right, well never mind then. Yeah. Oh look at a movie that you are into that I haven't watched. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the Bay of Pigs. It was a complete CIA failure. 100%. This failure led JFK to threaten reforms to the CIA. The director and deputy directors are forced to resign, and the new director is basically instructed to start from scratch. Throughout the 1960s, MKUltra operations had been being shut down and scaled back. In 1963, a guy named John Vance, who worked for the CIA Inspector General, found some interesting shit on the books. All these crazy tests with LSD and other drugs... Prosti- uh, sex workers and unknowing subjects. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. He found all of this to be somewhat problematic. The discovery of this actually coincides with the scaling back and discontinuation of Operation Midnight Climax. Oh, wow. Like, you don't think? You don't think like, once that was, like, maybe looked at a little yeah, bit exactly. you know, further... It's like, oh, you know what? I feel like this is just a guy who likes to watch people 
fucking jerk off to them. I'm well, additionally, like... what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, if you, you take him out of it, I don't. You are so depraved shit. You're so fixated on him. Take him out of it entirely. <laughs> and what they're doing is they're getting guys who simply want to have sex with a prostitute and they are dosing the shit out of them and observing them and doing God right. knows what else. You're just drugging else. people and watching them fuck. I mean, like, well, not just that. They don't. It's not once it's done, they release them to the wild. These guys are stuck in this room for 12 hours while they're tripping. They're not just they're not just like, oh, you're fucking on acid later. They keep them there and watch the entire trip. Mm-hmm. And who knows if they even get a chance to fuck the prostitutes, sex workers. Who knows if they even get that far? Who knows if they aren't like they get into the room, they get stabbed with a needle and uh, she's gone. He is locked in a room and he just starts tripping his balls off. Yeah, I don't think they would have like so, invested so much time into that if that was all that was going on. Well, they did it for ten years. So yeah, they, they did, did it for invest ten years it, because they I they invested like, a lot know, of time into LSD research. They did, but I'm saying that particular aspect. If if there was no sex going on, I don't think it would last. Oh no, there years. was sex. Yes, I, I know. We I, already talked about well, the sex. Yeah, but, you, but in addition to that, there's oh, well, the sex is a small part. It was a small part, but one that they really wanted to hang on to. I'm sure you seem quite into it, so. <laughs> I'm just Can you saying, really blame them? <laughs> well, no. That's why. That's why I'm go. saying, like, reality check. This served no purpose after like day three, but it went on for ten years. I wonder why. Oh, they really wanted to test LSD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that was because, and that's like 100 percent the motivation. And that's for it. evidenced by not because all it was basically the... licensed to just have a bunch of pros- and that's of evidenced by all the different LSD tests they yeah. did. Mm-hmm. While there was significant, unless there was a whole different operation for all the prostitution ones, and that's possible. Who knows? It's just know. it's not a surprise to me that this they somehow managed to keep this going for ten years, but that when. Uh, the eye of scrutiny came down upon them that it was pretty quickly decided like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no shit. Do you think <laughs> that kidnapping American citizens and dosing them looks any president wants that to happen? Like yeah. once that comes to the light of day, do you think that's something that can just be brushed under the carpet? No, I don't think so. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. Still in the drug game, though, the CIA travels to South America to turn up some more psychoactive substances. As the 60s progressed, the CIA became less and less interested in these kinds of drugs in favor of other things. Yeah, because it was found to not be as effective. And they are also getting slack for it at this point. The 1970s roll around. Nixon is in power. The current CIA director who got the job during Johnson's presidency, Richard Helms, uh, Dick Helms, is fired (laughs) for some reason by Nixon. This guy and Gottlieb get together and decide that the times are a-changin' and they should probably get rid of all of the MK Ultra documents, aka evidence. This was in 1973. Okay, so it was it was under Nixon's thing that they decided to get rid of the evidence. Yes. Okay, and Lyndon B. Johnson. Now, was he right the after? Guy, he was the guy who replaced. He was the vice president, yes. but Kennedy was assassinated, so he became president. Right. Okay. You got it. All right. Somewhere, someone fucked up. And seven boxes of these documents were not destroyed. Oops. It said it was a clerical error, so I'm assuming they were mislabeled or something. Clerical errors happen. They do. Watergate happens, and basically everything goes to shit. Yeah, again, the vice president becomes president, but this time because Nixon has to resign over that shit. There are hearings over everything. Things are getting blown wide open. This all happens under Ford and pretty much changes the face of espionage in America. They can't just test shit on people anymore. 
human test subjects must be informed and give consent. It also turns out that... So basically they have to follow the rules that were established like 30 years prior, but yes. this time you actually have to do it. Yeah, no, no, guys. This applies to you too. Right. Yeah. It also comes to light that 6% of the CIA budget was, unbeknownst to Congress, directed to MK Ultra operations. But is that it? Did they actually stop MK Ultra operations back in the 70s? Some say no. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. say MK Ultra brainwashing is being done in the here and now. Yes. Project Monarch is an alleged continuation of MK Ultra. Yeah, basically Project Monarch is is perceived to be what what the continuation is after it was um, you know, officially on paper done, but now is being carried out in secret all over the place to fucking everyone. And they say that with that it gets into Satanism and oh ritual God, and hereditary sexual abuse Satanism. and all and apparently and none of that stuff has been backed by government documentation no, like some but of this basically has been. all these stuff I I have is on Project Monarch. So if yeah. there's uh like five more pages of shit that you want to go through, do you want to just do it now and I'll <laughs> go into that? Well, uh, the last thing I want to say is uh, another podcast called Beyond the Darkness. Mm-hmm. It's from Podcast One. It's an episode called Under the Control of MK Ultra. It was dated one six nineteen, and that has a interview from a guy who was allegedly an MK Ultra uh, victim that did all kinds of shit. It's a pretty good. It's a really good episode. It's like an hour and a half long interview. Is it MK Ultra or a Project Monarch? MK Ultra, because he's an older dude, and so his mm-hmm. shit started, I think, back in the sixties or seventies. Okay. So tell us about Project Monarch. So Project Monarch allegedly is everywhere. And there's a lot of stuff that is not backed up even a little bit. There's a lot of just sensationalism associated with it. This is like the conspiracy. This is the, like, the modern this conspiracy is more theory like behind the, it. The yeah. way off conspiracy theory as to how it's actually um, being done in secret today versus what was actually done to people and documented that was done to people. Right. So... Yeah. So it gets its name basically because of the monarch butterfly. Okay. Because the monarch, a butterfly starts out as a caterpillar and then... Well, yeah. It's not only the the change that it goes through as far as starting out an egg and then a caterpillar and then it makes its cocoon and it emerges a butterfly. Like, yeah, that's a big change to go through. The real reason that they reference the monarch butterfly in particular is because monarch butterflies make this long trip every year from wherever they live up north they're in they're lots of north america yeah yeah but every year they migrate down to mexico for the winter and then they come back except the time it takes for them to migrate south is longer than any monarch butterfly's actual life cycles. It takes three generations to make it down and back. So as they are migrating down, they're dying, but their offspring is hatching, becoming a butterfly, and continuing that journey south. So the ones that are in North America never see Mexico and vice versa. Exactly. But inherently, they just know that they have to make that journey. Yeah. And so it that theory, I guess, is called epigenetic memory. Okay. Yeah. 
so that they're just born knowing that this is where they have to go, no matter whether they're born way up north and they know they have to keep going south and they're born more south, but they have they know that they have to keep going even more south or once they're at their destination point, they're born knowing they have to go back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's passed down generation to generation. Project Monarch is thought to try and emulate a lot of the same... It's, it's trying to basically like reproduce um, epigenetic memory. Okay. There are some theories that how this is done is by generational trauma and abuse. So families having kids, having those kids suffer all kinds of trauma and abuse, and then those kids have kids that suffer trauma and abuse, and whoever is behind the mind control aspect of it uh, utilizes these children to make them monarch slaves because kids that have been abused or suffered trauma in their lifetime are much more easily... They're, a- they're able to make them in a dissociative... Splinter their psyche. Yeah. The point of Project Monarch is still to control people by splintering their personalities. But the idea is that they're kind of like handpicking kids that have been traumatized in order to make it a little bit easier for them to become these monarch slaves right so they kind of have groundwork already laid just from their life right and they're continuing that on um generation to generation through families families that have many multiples as in referring to people with multiple personality disorder or oh right yeah which mm, that's a kind of like an awful thought to just think that kids are being put through this intentionally just to make them a better test subject and to make them more easily manipulated. Yeah. Because obviously somebody who's suffering trauma, they've probably disassociated themselves with that in some ways anyway. So to make them be able to do that to the point where they create a whole nother personality and are able to like follow your orders when you trigger them to do that. That's, is horrible. Yeah, that's and really disturbing and awful. chilling. <laughs> that's really awful. It's absolutely terrible. So there's a few different types of monarch slaves, which I'll delve into a little bit here. So basically, these monarch slaves, people that believe in that Operation Monarch is actively going on, those that believe it's actually going on think that it's it's basically all over. And all around us, like, it's actively going on in the Hollywood community, the adult entertainment industry, uh, drug couriers, you name it. Anything untoward and unseemly going on, people can attribute it to that person basically being a monarch slave. And some of the different types of slaves would be betas. Betas are basically like the sex slaves. Oh, okay. So they're the ones that work in the porn industry. They're the adult entertainers. Are they yada, saying yada, that yada. all porn stars are betas? I don't know if they say all porn stars are betas. Or that but that's that just the, ty- this, the type of slave that is in the porn industry. Right. That's the type that you would find in the porn industry. I understand. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's deltas. 
which are basically the ones that are said to be like trained killers. Okay. Like assassins and shit. Like assassins and stuff. Do you get into why they are called these specific things? Well, beta, I think, is kind of like a secondary term. Right, because alpha, alpha beta. alphas and betas, so maybe attributing okay. a beta to someone who's more um, submissive. But then delta, because that would be That's like kind of like D. special forces but, type of shiz. That, you would associate that with somebody who was trained to kill. So why wouldn't they be called alpha instead of delta? Well, I think there is an alpha, but... Because alpha, beta, I think kappa, delta... Uh, those are all part letters of the Greek alphabet. Mm-hmm. There's a theta too, but that's got this whole weird um, psychic thing going on to it. Hmm. Okay, so it's basically just letters, and they call them yeah, by their letters in the Greek alphabet, yeah, and they okay. try to kind of like apply it to whatever. Just trying to be fancy. To. Yeah, being fancy and okay. all that shit. That's fair. Some deltas are also called patsies, which I would feel like that's not very you know, killer-like, but... I don't know. But it refers to basically somebody who's been put up to killing somebody else. Yeah. And it's usually restricted to a person that's male. So betas typically are females. Oh, okay. And deltas or patsies are typically males. Let's talk about some guys that were thought to be deltas or patsies. All right, great. Mm-hmm. I can think of a few. Right. The guy who tried to kill Reagan, John Hinckley. John Hinckley, yep. Another one would be Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald, yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald is the one that I feel like kind of the most, if you give, because there's all these theories about the CIA killed Kennedy. Right. Well, and if you look it, into the so... past of uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, he like went to Russia and shit, and there's all all kinds of weird shit he did. Mm-hmm. And so and he, was, he was a military guy, and it could I be... mean, they had access to him. It could be seen. I would believe that he was a victim of MK Ultra. I don't know if that's necessarily what led him to go for the president, but I do think that he was probably a victim. Yeah, you know, you never really see, like, officially the two linked. The thing that they feel like links, like, modern culture wants to, to link between these three men is the catcher and the rye. Yeah. Which, you know. I kind of think is bullshit, basically, because you know how many people have read that fucking book and they don't go around assassinating people. I don't think but Catcher in the Rye is a mind-controlling book. No, but if they use like something from that book as the trigger for mm-hmm. an MKUltra, then that would be... But, uh, but it wouldn't be the book itself intrinsically that did it. It would just be right. that these people, outside of everything, implanted it into these people that when they read this book that they're going to read this particular phrase or whatever, and it's going to trigger them to do this thing. But if it was really all three, it's like, man, that's just laziness on <laughs> yeah. the CIA's part. It's like, I don't know. It's just like, can't you think of a again. different book? For God's sakes. Is Maybe it was the only just book super they ever popular. Read? <laughs> There's like, this is a damn popular book. Chances are pretty good they're going to read it. Who knows? Yeah. It was just, I mean, it is odd that all three of these guys were actually, like, they had the catcher in the rye on their person. That's weird. I actually didn't mm-hmm. know that. I I only knew that the guy who killed Lennon, it was like... No, I mean, I knew about Hinckley and Lennon, the guy who killed Lennon, Mark David Chapman, um, because we kind of touched on that in our Cursed Objects. Oh, I didn't right. know about Lee Harvey Oswald, or maybe I did, but maybe it wasn't that Oswald had his copy on him. 
he had one in his house or something maybe and i that seems like it seems like that's kind of a popular book right, so one like, would just well yeah again that's why i'm just kind of like um i mean i don't have it but i don't have a huge library yeah i think i have it digitally actually now that i think about it but john hinckley had a copy on his person and mark yeah. david chapman was found when they like like, okay, he just shoots Lennon and then kind of walks off. And then when all the commotion dies down and the police find him, he's just sitting there reading his copy. Yeah, I knew that. So, um, yeah, again, but I mean, it's I feel like so many people read that and I, I just don't I'm not buying it. No, but I, if we were to explore the avenue that the CIA was somehow did orchestrate Kennedy's death, it would not surprise me if they used MK Ultra. To get Lee Harvey Oswald to do it. Yes. And then use him as a patsy. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Like, I can see that possibly being a scenario if they, in fact, are the ones who did it. It could be that Lee Harvey Oswald just uh, wanted to fucking assassinate Kennedy on, yeah, on his own. Yeah, it could own. have been that too, yeah. And, yeah. It's hard and to the say. the CIA had nothing to do with it. This is not an episode on the assassination right. of JFK. It is not. It is not at yeah. all. And I'm not trying to totally go down that avenue. I'm just saying. Otherwise, we're going to be here for another couple hours. Well, definitely. <laughs> I'm. I'm just saying when you want to when you want to talk that like knowing about all this MK Ultra stuff and the fact that people have kind of always maybe suspected the CIA a little bit. Like that's the only one where I'm kind of like maybe. Oh yeah. Mark David Chapman and John Hinckley. I'm not so much like feeling like they were victims of mind control. And those the ones, catcher in the rye, and that's what made them do that. And those ones are actually all old enough that they would have still been under the Project uh, MK Ultra. Right, this would not, not be a Project Monarch, Monarch but nevertheless, I mean that's but really. But of course, that, it's some it's stuff that people jump on. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's sensationalized, and people jump on it a lot. And really, would you? It takes looking into these people's lives and seeing where they were doing and what, where they were going, and what they were doing, and how they were getting there. That could really lead you to see that maybe they were victims of MK Ultra or not. And I don't know much about any of these people. I listened to a podcast. I think those conspiracy guys did one on um, Lee Harvey Oswald. And so I did hear a lot about, you know, a lot of the research they did and delving into his past. And so that is the only reason I can really say I think that one is probably more likely in an MK Ultra scenario and just because of, like, where he was going, what he was doing, and how he was getting there. Yeah. So the fucking Satanism shit. We're going to do a future episode on the Satanic Panic. Yes. And I'm really excited to do that one because yes. this is one, this is a thing where I just get so fucking sick of it. I know. it. Like, oh my God. Like, will you just stop blaming Satanism on everything? Yeah, what Satanism is and what it's claimed to be are two vastly different things. And what it's claimed to be and how many people are claimed to be doing it is just ridiculous. It's like, oh yeah, there's all these secret societies of Satanists doing these awful things. It's just, oh my God, I can't even with them. <laughs> and the people that just perpetuate it constantly. So I'm guessing the Satanistic part when it comes to monarch slaves is just because what's perceived to be Satanism involves a lot of uh, ritualistic type of stuff. And, and it's also a, a, just a thing that scares people because yeah, it's, there's the fear behind it and witchcraft is also mentioned quite a bit. Oh yeah. Again, you know, mind control because people are casting a spell on you or using these incantations. Some people think that monarch zombies are even, referenced in things like the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Now, I haven't read that, 
I know it's come up a time or two. Yeah. Um, but I really don't think that it, it's about controlling people, like mind controlling people to do awful things without their knowledge. No, I also have not read it, but I would imagine it's more so like funerary rites and shit like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. But this stuff just kind of gets so sensationalized and blown out of proportion. It's like, oh yeah, it's in the book of the dead. Oh yeah, those Satanists. They fucking practice mind control. They got people out there doing all sorts of like crazy thing all in the name of Satan. Right. And it just all feels so kind of like recycled and generic. Like you see the same things kind of like pop up in every kind of weird conspiracy. Yeah. So, yeah. oh, let's like, oh, always, we're talking about Project Monarch and MK Ultra. And... Oh, oh my gosh. Crazy. Satanism comes up. The Book of the Dead comes up. Witchcraft comes up. It's just like, oh my God. And that's the thing that I hate about some of the sensationalized stuff around this. Right. Plus, I just, it's basically turning perpetrators into victims. A lot of this stuff is. Right. One example I'm going to give you here. I'm going to talk about a cult called the family. Now, cults, yeah, that's like a real thing. And they can oh, yeah. brainwash people. Oh, that yeah. is also a real thing. Um, Jim Jones, you know, he got everyone to drink the Kool-Aid. Obviously, you can't exert some sort of mind control if you're like really, really good at what you're doing and how you're doing it. There is a cult in Australia called The Family. And apparently, this cult contained 14 children. And the children were raised by Bill and Anne. Her full name was Anne Hamilton Byrne. She was like the primary caregiver to these 14 children. And they weren't actually biologically hers. Allegedly, these children were kind of obtained by other, from other cult members. And so they weren't even all related to one another. That's right. So like different people in the cults would have these kids and Anne would kind of like take them as her own to be raised in like a really fucked up way. Oh, good. Yeah. So they were all dressed identically. They were subjected to all sorts of child abuse. Basically, they were raised completely in isolation. And the really weird part is that they had, she had all of their hair like blonde, like, like super blonde and bleached it all. Like uh, bleached it all. Kind of so, like Children of the Corn? No, Village of the Damned. Or, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, Village, Village of the Damned. Village of the Damned totally came to mind when I started wow. reading this. And when you see a pic, if you see a picture of them online, it's just like, oh my God, that is some Village of the Damned shit. Which, you know, also is interesting because that's, you know, the alien hybrid children that yeah. can also use mind control <laughs> over people. So many mind control themes going on here. It is appropriate for the theme of the episode, actually. It is, very much so. Also, the children were not very, um, not surprisingly, they were given large doses of tranquilizers and LSD as well. Which Seems I'm sure to me was what like, you do. Yep, which I'm sure was like really, really good for them, along with all the <laughs> abuse and isolation. And I'll bet you that giving growing children a bunch of acid and tranquilizers just is really great for their development. So you would think maybe somebody who was subjected to a childhood like that, maybe they'd end up being like a really fucked up person and killer. Like, would that not be outside the realm of possibility to you? 
No, it would not be outside the realm of possibility to me. There is a guy. This guy's name is Michael Bryant, and he committed probably one of the worst like mass murders ever in Australia, I'm sure. He killed 35 people in, I think it was like 1996. Hmm. Yeah, 1996. It's known as the Port Arthur Massacre. The Port Arthur Massacre. Yeah, so he shoots 35 people, and he wounded 23. Oh. So, yeah. So this oh. was just he this was just a, a mass shooting then. Yeah, it was a major mass shooting. Though. Wow. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. Even for a mass shooting. That's Yeah. That's even more than the Virginia Tech. Yeah, that's and, a wow. I mean, that's a lot. So it's it's one of the top. So is that I case, don't know if it's top five or what, but is that case the reason that Australia has such tight gun laws now? I 100 it didn't say that in my research but i 100 percent believe that because i feel like not long after is when they started doing all that basically you had to like recall all your guns like if you owned guns like they knew everyone who owned guns and was like you have to you have like this amount of time to relinquish your weapon and australian listeners let us know stranger than yeah that would be awesome if that's something that's probably more common knowledge in australia I would yeah imagine. we know you're out there <laughs> Flat earthers don't believe you're out there, but we are not them. That's right, because I believe the world is round. I believe sure. in Australia. I believe the world is round. Anyway, I believe in Australia. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Anyways, this guy shoots 35 people, wounds 23, obviously had to be majorly disturbed in some way. And if you start looking at running searches on Project Monarch and MK Ultra, this guy's going to come up because he is, there's a lot of sources that say he was one of these 14 kids that was raised in this oh. fucking cult. Okay. And so clearly like, oh, well now that makes way more sense why this guy fucking did that. Maybe he was even told to do it in some way or he at least suffered enough childhood trauma to severely fuck him up and cause him to be to do this anyways he has like super bleached blonde hair so it's easy to you know just assume like this is true and correct but this guy actually no he wasn't one of the kids no no he was raised by like a totally like normal family and from <laughs> <laughs> For all accounts, he just basically displayed all the typical behaviors of a mass murderer or ser future serial killer. Like, he liked to torture, torture animals. animals. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, he was very socially avoidant and also ostracized a lot because, you know, just a weird kid who likes to torture animals. Everyone, like... Yeah, who wants to hang out with that kid? No, nobody wants to hang out with that kid. People will bully that kid. And then also that kid will bully other kids, though, that are smaller than him. Oh, so yeah. that happened. He had the typical, like, low test scores with school, stuff like that. So basically every single thing that should have had him in therapy from a young age. Right. But still experiencing like a norm a quote-unquote no normal childhood right normal childhood he was just normal childhood a, he was just future serial serial ser killer future serial killer and yeah i guess very he's much not... like a lot of future serial killers are mass murderers. but he wasn't really a serial killer he was a mass murderer right yeah there yeah. is a difference for yes. sure but um 
still just kind of like one of these kids that like had everything normal but just was just kind of a fucked up kid from the beginning yeah and that's the truth of it he didn't grow up in a cult but it's out there this information is out there that he was and it's kind of it really just pisses me off yeah because spreading all this misinformation about project monarch and mind control you're making perpetrators victims. You're removing all personal responsibility. And at the same time, it's kind of a form of mind control in itself, too. If you think about it, you're influencing somebody by information that you're putting out there to be true when it actually isn't. And you're perpetuating this sensationalism and... Which is something the governments do worldwide. Yeah. And it's done... On, yeah, different levels all over the place. It's called propaganda when a government does yeah, it. Yeah, propaganda. Yeah. It's also like advertising. Yeah, advertising. So that you buy products and those companies make money and, yeah, it's out there everywhere. It is. So it it's definitely, definitely something you want to take with a grain of salt. Because. Or be more aware of it because of the fact it is out there everywhere. I mean, you can't avoid commercials. Unless you are living in a cave someplace, you can't avoid this stuff, but you can certainly be aware of it. And being aware of it, I'm sure it will make, you know, takes away some of its ability to actually control you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all this false information is kind of mind control in itself, and you have to just be mindful to stop and think before you just take everything that is put out there to be true. Well, it's in print, and this politician said it, so it must be true, Joanna. <laughs> because they speak gospel. And mm-hmm. the gospel must be true for us to know. <laughs> you know, I see movies that are old enough where some old person in the old movie tells some young kid, don't believe everything you read in books. Right. And then it was, don't believe everything you see on TV. Oh, there's probably a don't believe everything you hear on the radio in the mm-hmm. time in between. Oh, yeah, that. In, yeah. In, in the in-between time, I forgot. In between books and TV, there was radio. Don't believe everything you read on the internet, especially don't believe anything you read on the internet, because yes. literally anybody with the proper knowledge and technology can put literally anything on, well, information-wise, on the internet. And the problem is, is that not just one lone person goes and does this. It's many, many people put so much stuff out there on the internet that it's really, really hard to figure out what is bullshit and what isn't. Or it can be. It can be. And if you're kind of somebody who's just going to act reactively to to something that's really disturbing and crazy, I don't know. I just don't like the idea where... All of a sudden, all personal responsibility is just removed and attributed to mind. The government controlling your mind—it's pretty fucked up. They think the list of people that's like that Project Monarch believers are thought to be under mind control. The list is long as fuck. The list is long as fuck, and it yeah. includes like stuff like Britney Spears. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lindsay uh, Lohan. I think Avril Lavigne is one too. Oh well, yeah. Well, she's not or is under she a mind lizard? Control. Is she a lizard person? It's something. 
I feel like is Avril Lavigne the one? I think they think she's a clone. Like oh, the she's real her the. Died. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, the replacement. Like yeah, she's like, the replacement. Uh, like Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Different, different thing. That's different. She's not under mind control. She's yeah. just been replaced yeah. with a, a clone or a lookalike or something like that. But Britney Spears's 2007 meltdown was mind control. I see. Same with Lindsay Lohan's public meltdown. Of course. Same with like Amanda Byrne. Charlie and, Manson. <laughs> Charlie Manson. His public meltdown. Right. Yeah. His public meltdown was a little bit more fucked up than I would <laughs> yeah. say the other ones. I mean, Britney I wouldn't Spears, call it anything that, yeah. Like, really, only her hair, and um, there was some damage done with an umbrella, I believe. And what about Margot Kidder? Oh, man. I know. I in Okay, so everyone's sitting there thinking, saying, putting out there, like, they're being controlled. Like, for whatever reason, people are purposely making them have these, like, public breakdowns. Um, and it's not just kind of like, oh, well, maybe it's because of the lifestyle they live as celebrities. Maybe it's because we're so thirsty to know every single fucking thing they do. They have people tailing them all the time. Maybe it's that mental health is considered basically a joke in America. Yeah. I mean, it's getting better. But I mean, it's just not, so fucking sad a, the way... Yeah. Britney and Lindsay and all the all of them, I mean, I think definitely they engaged in some behaviors that were risky and that they knew to be risky and maybe shouldn't have done it. But Jesus Christ, who hasn't? But but not every single bit of everyone's mistakes is documented and put out for everyone in the world to see the way it is for them. Exactly, and it's just and, getting more more and more like that. And as it kind time of it's something that kind of feeds the beast too. You get used to all that attention, but then you have the pressure of all that attention and. It's just, yeah. yeah. I mean, I felt legitimately sorry for all of them because they were all going through some They're just stuff. Which people. definitely included like mental health issues, and it's just being sensationalized, and yeah. everyone's just fucking talking about it. And it's just bad. So I think that that's just a sign of our culture being so unhealthy and just feeding stuff like that. Yes. Regardless. It's there's not mind like control. There's, there's, yeah. There's this quote unquote. You know, there's the fake mind control. There's this, this mind control that it is being sensationalized, and you know, mm-hmm. it's like technically mind control. You know, like my example with beating the shit out of someone and having them do something like very blunt mind control. Yeah. But the that's different than the the documented. Right. Clinical. It's a lot different. But CIA studies of it. When you, this is why I was, you know, being kind of a bitch earlier <laughs> <laughs> when we're talking about it, because sometimes when we're talking like generalized, like what they think people can do and make, I just don't want to, I wanted to kind of keep the two things separate. Because right, right. One is just like, just so out there. And, but since it's tied in, since it's tied into MK Ultra so much. It's just kind of like like you're trying to I'm, separate. The I'm two. trying to separate the trying two. to separate the sensation from the actual like right. documented. Exactly. This is the shit that because happened. The sensation that's tied into it is just so much. And, and because and honestly, the, you so don't unhealthy. need to sensationalize this because the actual documented yeah. proof is so fucked up already. Right. That like, why do you need to? It, it's unnecessary. Because that's just the way our culture is sick. I yeah. think. Yeah. It's. So the fact that it's kind of something that's being, it's something that removes personal responsibility, all the, all the hypnosis stuff. Um, it removes personal responsibility. It makes 
perpetrators victims it also makes us crave more and more of this sensational shiz and dopamine yeah it's just this whole like vicious cycle of i don't know it's just fucked up same people the same reason people are addicted to their phones they like those Mm -hmm. likes it gives them a rush they like that shit yeah yeah and so i just really hate something that's kind of like destroying our society on like both ends of it not only right (laughs) (laughs) it's just not only removing all the personal responsibility from people's actions and just acknowledging like yeah people are people and we're all gonna fuck up but they're doing it because they're sensationalizing these few different things and attributing it to something else that we're just buying into it's just a it's just a vicious cycle and just yuck yeah yeah yuck 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 you know people that love the star wars movies Mm -hmm. and love star trek yeah apparently those are signs of somebody you might be a monarch slave oh really and not even know it if you like star wars and star trek especially if you can quote large amounts of dialogue wow from episodes or the movies i'll be damned Mm mm-hmm so well watch out folks watch Watch out because i mean that includes you and me and alex i mean that includes damn near everyone who was born in the basically (laughs) from like probably 1965 on so and that's just another you know you could have run out you're running around suspecting everyone of satanism and and it's like oh you like star wars a whole lot well clearly you're a fucking monarch yeah yeah um I think you can memorize large portions of dialect. If you watch just, a movie 40 watch, times. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come like, on. That's just kind of what Jesus. happens. That's not somebody covertly brainwashing I can also you. quote mall rats, you know. Uh, oh. Well, you have anything else for us on mind control and MKUltra, Joanna? Basically, no. I think I've made my feelings on... MK Ultra, Project Monarch, mind control in general. I think I made my feelings um, pretty clear at this point. I don't Basically, know what... <laughs> some of it's bullshit, some of it's not. Some of it's bullshit, some of it's not. I'm pretty adamant about certain points of it being bullshit. There was lots of acid. Mm-hmm. But, yep, I think that's all I want to say on the subject. All right. Well, I've pretty much uh, exhausted everything I have to say about MK Ultra. I so, probably don't um, even want to say anything else for the rest of the day, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's been like... a long one. <laughs> well, be sure, be sure to check out our Facebook group, The Strange Space. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, there's a lot of people that like the Facebook page, but that haven't joined the Facebook group. And I would really encourage you to join the Facebook group because I just mostly post a lot of funny memes but the more the merrier and then yeah when updates come about past episodes there will be things on there like there was something about the baltic sea anomaly that i posted on there and did you post that on the group or on the page i think probably it was at the page it was probably on the page but it's things like that that will be henceforth posted in the group yeah because it's really hard to keep up on both and for those that are like the page and are also in the group i mean we don't want to and the page just kind of the pages don't work the same they they just kind of get buried it's the groups that really work more like the pages used to yeah and also i think groups are more where your shit's not gonna be reported yes if so you, you can you have can a get, little bit more yeah. leeway i'm not saying we want to see a bunch of dicks flooded in the no, groups or anything no. but we don't anything you like can that. have a little bit more risque memes and shit because it's unlikely that people are going to report you 
Yeah, because you're not putting it on your public page versus your private group. And it's also private so that mm-hmm. people on your public page can't see it. So, again, don't post dicks, but other things are fine. Yes. Funny memes are always welcome yes. because I fucking love the shit out yes. of them. Some of them aren't even, like, related at all to the show or anything about the show. I just fucking think they're hilarious. So don't be shy. Look for The Strange Space on Facebook and uh, ask for an invite, and we will let you on in. Also... also Be sure to go to iTunes and rate and review the podcast. Go to iTunes, search Stranger Than Podcast, and give us preferably five stars, but whatever you think we are worth. And a comment is nice as well. I think they base it more on comments than on actual stars, but I'm not 100%. Just know that we're not going to define our worth by what's said. No, no. (laughs) Since you're inviting everyone to judge our worth. Well, they should anyway. It actually helps us in the ratings. It helps us. <laughs> it you know. does. It actually does help a lot. So we really do appreciate people who have taken the time to do it. Yes, we, we do appreciate you for doing that. Check us out on Twitter. We don't really check it that much. Because I fucking hate Twitter. Yeah. I will just tell you that right now. But if you want to follow us there anyway, just for fun, it is at underscore stranger than. You can also email us. At StrangerThanPodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word. Don't forget about our Instagram. Our Instagram is StrangerThanPodcast. That's, that's the second place I'm most likely to post something. Exactly. Just as an FYI. First yes. is group. Second is Instagram if I have time. And you'll always find our episode artwork up there as well. Mm-hmm. Our webpage is just the one that we get from our host, which is Podbean. The address is strangerthanpodcast.podbean.com. You can follow us there, but you can also find us every place that podcasts are available, except for Pandora. I haven't got us on Pandora yet. That's pretty new, though. I think that's pretty much everything. So we will talk to you next time. And stay strange.